Education Secretary oh Betsy DeVos sat down with 60 Minutes last night, <laughs> and it really seems like she don't, you know, she didn't do her homework. She's just not on top of stuff. Look, just take a look. <laughs> Have the public schools in Michigan gotten better? You're traveling to another radio show. A broadcast not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind. A journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination. imagination. That's the on-air sign up ahead. Your next stop, Afro Nerd Radio. With your guides, Dee Bird, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl D. And introducing West Coast correspondent, Miss Claire Linnae. Mind expansion engaged. Okay, folks, that was not the cold opening that we wanted to use. <laughs> it was a lousy mix-up with our boards. Please accept our apologies. But you know what time it is anyway. This is Grindhouse, grindhouse time. Pardon me, Grindhouse time. I'm your host, D. Burt, a.k.a. The Afternote. Of course, I have my partner in white-collar crime, Captain Kirk. Uh, we may hear from the Uncanny, again, for, for listeners in the last couple of uh, weeks, maybe two months or so. He has been doing double duty, kind of, sort of, on the Midweek in Review show because of his, of his scheduling. Uh, we may hear from Claire Linnae, and I say that also because of her scheduling, that uh, she may be taking kind of a, an intermittent uh, position with the show because her workload is, has become a little bit more uh, severe. So uh, we are still alive, however. We're still doing the damn thing. There's a lot to unpack, as always giving you the very best best of blurred nerds of color information. Uh, the call-in number, that hasn't changed, 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. Let's go to a black rock Afropunk groove, alternative groove, certainly, black indie groove. This is the great Eric Gales with a friend, Raphael Sadiq, covering... The, the Stones of all people, Rolling Stones, their classic, Miss You. We'll give you about two and a half minutes, folks. We'll be right back. Let's groove.
been waiting by the phone, y'all. I've been waiting all alone, cause I miss you. I've been waiting all alone. I've been sleeping by the phone, yeah, cause I miss you. again, another infectious groove that I had a hard time extricating myself from. Eric Gales, Raphael Sadiq, Rolling Stones, Miss You. This is the Grindhouse Show, people. We're live and direct. Let's just get it in. Captain, you're needed on the <coughs> on the Orville. <laughs> on the Orville. Let's get, it go- Let's get it going, sir. Let's go. To cape or not to cape? Okay. Oh, <laughs> Are you going to go over there? The question. <laughs> the cape or not the cape? That is the question. <laughs> Let us get started. 
All right, we'll keep that. We'll keep that as an insider track. I know there's some folks that believe that believe in caping for people. You know, Uh, that that has to be an after dark. We're gonna get that after dark thing going, Cap. I think maybe in a different format. Unfortunately, people, it may be something that uh, comes at a cost because we're trying to elevate our program here. So we will do yet. Well, actually. I think we have two shows in addition to the ones that we do already that might be, you know, ready to be lo- locked and loaded. An all-music show, maybe twice a month, which is which is apropos. Just two hours of just just giving out jams that you're not allowed to hear. Here, I mean, you know, uh, I'm always railing, and and folks are reminding me of this. My my infamous rants are a bit much for some folk on Twitter, so. Uh, Maybe it's best for me to start just to, to continue playing some of this new music. Uh, there's a, an artist that I believe she was, um, I forgot what show she's from, one, one of the music shows, Sophia Eurista. Sophia Eurista. And there's a jam that's out right now that I really love. And she's a woman of color. She, uh, she appears to be of African and Latin extraction. And again, not hard in the eyes, very talented, new music. Um, I'm hearing it from, I think, a Revline commercial. That's why I find new music, believe it or not, Captain. That's the irony, is that I can't find new music on the radio. I mean, well, you know, listen, the radio is kind of, I will defer to Bison on this, our stalwart supporter. Um, I, will, I will say that it's hard to find new music. On uh, conventional radio, I think we all knew that, but conventional radio still has a lot of uh, power. Uh, although I think iHeart Media has filed uh, chap- Chapter 11, so you know, be that as, as it may, go figure. Maybe playing um, Nick Nogary all day is not that successful. <laughs> Maybe that's not going to work. It's like Black Panther made. Uh, I think it's a w- almost 1.2 billion dollars now. Um, I would like. I would like to see the music also following suit. It just kind of sort of makes sense. Again, I make sense every damn week, Captain. We both make sense every week. Some folks are late to the party. I, that's just what it is. I, I, I think that's just a thing. You know, I, I repeat myself ad, ad nauseum, and it's like, you don't know what you're talking about. That's not true. And then eventually it, it, it turns out to be, I'd say on a 95 percentile level, true. And then either it's never mentioned or it's it's minimized, you know. It's it's mollified, whatever. It's a very painful thing. Next week Monday. <laughs> yeah, next week Monday we'll do an all music show, and then I think we're going to have to start to and I'll put that on our Patreon page, folks. For the listeners, we have thousands of listeners a month globally. Believe it or not, on this is the internet. This is the metrics show that. So for the global listeners, I think the exchange rate is there. Simply go, and I put the link in the chat room, but if you can simply go to Patreon, our Patreon page, we would appreciate it because we do need to go for Delph with a D. Go for Delph, the street term for self. We do have to uh, continue to promote what we're promoting, to talk to talk the way that we want to talk. Uh, I met a young lady on Twitter, and she just, I, you know, she was into our conversation. I think her name was, was Braff. A K Braff, I believe, shouting out to her, and she dug listening to Blurred Speak, 
there's quite a few black folks and others, obviously, people of all ethnicities. Ethnicities that like to hear intelligent talk, intelligent speak, brain work. They kind of dig that. Uh, I know I'm fighting, you know, I'm fighting upward. I'm fighting against the stream because I come across people that are idiots. So I can't be any, I can't be any, any, I can't be soft about it. Folks, they're just, they're, they're, their synapses are misfiring. So, you know, when you when I say certain things, and this is not the diss to Star Wars supporters, that's a separate thing. I'm talking about people that are just just dumb. They can't compete. They can't they can't compete. Shout out to uh <laughs> to, to BA, Maryland's finest BA, black achievement. All right, um enough of me blustering. Uh, folks, again, if you'd like to join in, I see that the numbers are on our boards. Um, but if you'd like to join in, you know the drill. Press 1. Simply press 1, uh, and therefore you'll be able to join in on the fun, and you can give us your opinions, your, any queries, questions, statements, whatever. It's fine. 646-915-9620. Again, 646-91. All right, so one thing that for some reason caused a little bit of a controversy with yours truly. I don't even, I, don't, I can't even, again, I can't say it's a controversy, just a controversy, Captain, is this announcement that filmmaker, just coming off of A Wrinkle in Time, we know her from Selma, I believe she has a documentary, it was, I think it's called 13 on Netflix. Anyway, I can't knock her hustle. I like Ava DuVernay. I'm, I am a Ava DuVernay supporter. I've said that for the last couple of years since she reached public consciousness. But if there's some things that are going on that I don't necessarily agree with, and it's not again, it's not about her personally. Guess what? It's not about her her gender. People are getting at me for that. Um, we're hearing based on this announcement, and I kind of dig it in a way because I like to kind of uh, she's a familiar name okay so I'm I'm fine with her getting this gig but at the same time I don't want the sister to fail so anyway what am I talking about it was recently disclosed that it, it appears that she's in talks and I guess maybe they're still going over the particulars she's in talks with Warner Brothers to direct a new God's film. So, you know, to, to, to explain what that means, first of, all, first of all, we're talking about, obviously, comic books. We're talking about the mighty Jack King Kirby. And it's his creation going back to the early 70s. Um, I was fortunate enough to actually pick up New God's number one. I have it in, I think, like a 9.5. Uh, or maybe in between an 8.5 and a 9.5 edition, as far as um, mint condition or near mint condition of New Gods Number One. So you better believe. That's pretty good, Captain. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I timed good. it. You know, I, I bought it a few years ago. Pretty good. So I got New Gods Number One. Um, I've been a fan of New Gods. I've been a fan of Jack Kirby's mind for for for, for whatever. I can't even tell you how how long it has been, but he, he, talk about creative a creative mind, this creative world. Um, so what am I talking about? New, new gods, 
essentially um, a story that entails demigods, demigods. And, you know, we're talking about New Genesis, you know, two different planets. Again, demigods, to keep it simple, New Genesis represents kind of the, the, the quote-unquote good gods. And Apocalypse is a, is a dark, desolate, demonic planet where everything is just backwards. So this is something that really should have been connected, should have been connected to the Justice League with their DCEU. And um, now we're hearing this may not necessarily be the case. This may be a standalone. And, you know, the Steppenwolf character, the villain that we, that we all saw uh, with the Justice League, he is directly connected to the, the, the new gods. So I don't know how – I guess they're, going to just, they're just going to erase that story. We don't we don't know if if the DCEU I'm assuming the DCEU is still somewhat intact because Aquaman is coming, um, Shazam is coming. So I, so for Ava DuVernay to get this gig, I I have a hard time believing that it's not going to be connected to the DCEU. But again, she's she's just coming off hot hot off the heels from a wrinkle in time, which is. You know, one could say it has a psychedelic appeal. The New Gods definitely has. You know, it 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 shows you a psychedelic world. It's a completely. It's, it's supposed to be a complete mind f in some way. If if we're really going to be honest about it, you know, think about when you think about uh, Thor Ragnarok and how that looked. And Mr. Watiti, if I if I remember his name correctly, the director. His kind of quirky sensibilities appear to fit well with Ragnarok, and one can say that this kind of sort of plays in that kind of neo-mythology. Um, gods, uh, bad gods, demonic gods, demigods. Um, what I said on Twitter, because again, I am a DuVernay supporter. I said, well, you know, maybe she may need to get – and I would recommend, actually recommend this with a number of folks that get these gigs, and, I, and I, I may not be aware of what they bring to the table when I'm not sure or, or, or when, I'm, when I really don't care about the character that deeply. I mean I think put that much thought into it. I actually would want to see a New Gods film. So um, – I had said that she she may want to consider consultants. I mean, I would think any of these 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 movies, these adaptations require consultants. Uh, Kugler used consultants. I mean, that's just that's that goes that's par for the course. So in in her case, King, I, I threw out the name uh, Christopher Priest, and I threw out I think uh, e- Evan Narcisse, who's kind of a new guy. And I threw out one other person, but they were all males, and I didn't intend it to be so male-centric because it was kind of an off-the-cuff, 240-character kind of deal. I wasn't – all I was really concerned about was the sister got the gig. Let's get some folks in there that kind of know this world. She admitted a few years back with the Black Panther thing 
that she was happy to get a job, but she knows nothing about comic books. That's what I heard. That's what she said. So, Captain, I can go more into this, but I don't want to be blustering. What are your thoughts about Ava DuVernay at this point, from what we're hearing, getting the gig to do a new God story? All right. Let me, let, I'm, I'm going to sound self-important. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a piece of you right now. Captain had said several times before what DC needs to do. You take Wonder Woman and you put Big Bartha, who is part of New Gods. You understand? She's a member. And you bring in Nubia. Now, here they go. Are they listening? I don't know. We don't, we don't know if Wonder Woman's in the movie. But it would make sense if you're going to try and sell it. Because most people do not know anything about New Gods. They know Wonder Woman. You understand what I'm saying? You don't know anything about Nubia. You don't necessarily have to bring Nubia in it, but it would be nice. You know? It would be nice. It would be nice. So, I've been touting that for a while on the show. And here they go. Here they go. Here they go. Okay, that's enough of my self-importance. All right. Now, as far as Ava DuVernay, one thing I always said about Ava, when it comes to promoting herself, she knows what she's doing, man. She knows she's not going to sit on that ASS. Yeah, I'm going to go get me an opportunity. You understand? I'm going to let them know who I am. And she goes out and she does it. I have the highest respect for that, 100%. Now, as far as the movie's concerned, it's a wait and see what happens. If the movie is good, it's good. More power, more power to tour. tour. But like anything else, if, when these movies are not good, what do we do if they're not good? You understand? Ask Zack Snyder what we did to him. You understand what I'm saying? So here you go. That's just what it is. More power to her. Knock it out the box, Ava. Knock it right out the box. Do what you do. You understand? That's how this works. So let's see. Let's see what happens. It might not even work out. You know, sometimes you sit down with these guys. They, they line you up for hype and everything else. And then halfway through, they, uh, I, I can't do this. That's not just a woman thing. I'm not, you know, it's not a, it happens mainly with men because men are the ones that get most of these opportunities. They sit down, they start out for a while, eh, someone else got to come in and finish it, or it's not going to work, you know, taking off the project. We have to change this. So let's see. Let's see. It's all hype. It's all talk. It sounds good. Makes for good radio. Makes for good tweets and things of that nature. But you, you have to see. We have to at least get with these, these type of things this type of scenario halfway through it. And that's not even the case. Look what happened with Zack Snyder. <laughs> with Justice League. He got, what was it, three quarters way through it. Hello. And then we find out what really happened. So we just have to wait and see. Now, you know, just have to wait and see. Some people feel that she's over in her head. Over her head. You know, I don't see that as of yet. I don't see that. You never know. Back over to you, Afternoon. Yeah, and you know something else? I see that the calls are jumping, so I'm going to get to the phones in two shakes. But again, um, I was a passive reader of the New Gods. Um, you know, the funny thing is, is that, again, you know, Jack, Jack Kirby and so many of these creators, you know, they would constantly go back and forth between all these different, all these different comic book companies. You know, whether it was Steve Ditko at Marvel, or Steve Ditko at Charleston, um, uh, Kirby at at DC one minute, then a few years later he goes to Marvel. Um, matter of fact, uh, one could say that 
new gods and um uh, what was the name of the group? Uh, you know what? I'm I'm losing my damn memory. Uh, th- it, there's another another set of heroes that are very similar to um, uh, not Captain. You, you know, recollect one time there was it was another Eternals thing. Uh, finally kicked in. The Ginseng's working. We're another set of of demigods on Marvel's side that when you go back and forth, I mean they're very similar. You know, the the names were slightly off from like the Greco-Roman gods, uh, where Hercules, I think, was Heracles or something to that effect. They, almost all these names were, were slightly altered, but their powers were very similar. Um, I think Mercury, who's the god of speed, his name was something else. Like um, I forgot. The, I used to love that character too. But I was in and out of the storylines. But let me tell you, there, there is a, a juggling of personalities. Uh, I heard that she was again, talking about Ms. DuVernay, that she was attracted to the big Barta character. And you can almost That's do a, a story character. on... Well, essentially, she's an analog to Wonder Woman, similar Wonder power Woman. set, exactly. similar look, and she has this relationship with Mr. Miracle, and that comic book has been revitalized as of late, and Mr. Miracle is an escape artist, and, you know, again, you're, you're talking about the sons of the leaders made a pact. Well, I should say, let me get this straight. The, the leaders of each planet, Darkseid and High Father. Darkseid is the leader, again, a villain we were expecting in Justice League, but his acolyte is Steppenwolf. We don't know where that's going. Because of what happened with with the with the with the box office returns from from Justice League, so see this stuff is this stuff is supposed to be interconnected. She got to be careful what she's walking into. So, High Father and Dark Side agree, I guess, in order to keep the peace between these two planets because they're polar opposites, that they would exchange suns. So Dark Side's natural son is actually was was actually given away to high father and vice versa but you know when you the person you're raised with is going to be your father so the person let me repeat that the person you're raised with is going to be your father in the biology so it's a pretty interesting story i mean that's just one element of it you know, you you still have even within the new God storyline, the new the new Genesis, I should say, new Genesis, the the quote unquote good planet, new Genesis. You know, these 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 beings live in the skies of new Genesis, and you know the 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 normals live on the like live on the surface of the planet, so they they have this whole hierarchy. So I mean, you know, I'm going into I'm go, I'm getting into Daryl speak now. There's a I mean, lot how, with you know, this, man. Yeah, it's a lot with this, man. It's a lot. So I mix the great reading. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a lot. It's like a, it is psychedelic, and you know, my when I when I threw out a few names who happened to be male, and damn it, I, it listen, you get you could get uh, Amy Chu, you could get Gail Simone. Gail, Gail Simone actually has somewhat of a of a psychedelic mindset from what I read from her. There's, there's some books that I read from her 
in the past that were excellent, and they definitely, they definitely kind of touched on that psychedelic vibe. But my, but again, I'm on, I'm on Twitter. And I'm just throwing things out, and when you you throw something out on Twitter, it's gospel to some of these people. So like, I mentioned three three male. I happen to mention three men as a uh, as, as consultants for Duvernay based on her past statements, and I get levied with, "Well, you're a misogynist, a misogynoir, one of these 1990 sociological terms." <laughs> meaning, I, meaning that I have a, a, an angst, a, an angst against black women, which is ridiculous. Especially since people also seem to be pissed off at me when I defend black women with nignoggery music, but then no one says anything about that. Stability politics. This is true. To, uh, earlier today, someone told me uh, should I, I should say what what this person said to me verbatim. It was very vulgar. You know, to the listening audience, that a Chatwick Bozeman uh, is going to be hosting an, a Saturday Night Live special soon, and his musical guest is going to be Cardi B. I thought that was a problem, and I said that. <laughs> you know, I mean, this man is coming. This man is being anointed the next Sidney Poitier. He is, and you know, your musical guest—not that he has anything to do with that—but I know how the powers try to mediate things and negotiate things. Now, if you put Janelle Monet next to this guy after coming in after a Afro-future film that made a billion dollars, that to me is synergy. It's going to do that. Because as the captain has always said, uh, the powers that be, the white corporates, they are able to push the, push the pedal down or put the brake on this stuff. No one thinks that this stuff is, is a controlled thing. No one believes me. So I'm going to have to, as usual, I'm going to be waiting on the side and let, you know, I don't, want, I don't have time to find my uh, Sugar Plum Fairies or Sugar Plum Negroes soundtrack, Captain. But that's what's, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> this, this is my life. The, the worst thing to be is to be prescient and fairly intelligent. Not, I'm not even saying genius. I'm just saying the worst thing. The most aggravating thing to be is to be somewhat discerning and, and to have a third eye. I have a third eye that I was given by the oracle. And I, I see things, and I listen, I listen very closely to what people say. And I could be wrong. And I, and, and I want people to check me when I'm wrong because it tightens me up. But most of the time, I am right. And I have to sit back and just wait it out for other people to catch up. Anyway, let's bring in the mighty Q storm from the, you want to say something? Uh, we, I already know which direction he going in, but go ahead, Q. <laughs> go ahead. Well, listen, he is a devotee no, 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 of the let, show. Let, let, let's turn him, let's turn him loose. Let Q do his thing. Come on, bring him in. Yeah. Well, quickly, well, you know, one of his, uh, one of his colleagues, and I put in quotes, I don't know if he even agrees with that, but one of his colleagues who will be unnamed, he uh, he seems to constantly poke the bear with me, and I ignore okay. most of it because, again, I am I am patently correct, and and some of the other folks that listen to the show, thankfully, I don't. They come in and say, "Okay, dude, you're being obtuse." Because I know I'm not hallucinating <laughs> when I when I you know. So I, I know I'm not the only one in my head. You know, caping is our favorite word now. Caping for minstrels is not my thing. Who does that? 
Let me bring it. Don't bring it to you, but let me say this one thing. When, uh, when, when, um, uh, uh, Nicki Minaj has this vulgar, uh, CD cover, vulgar MP3 cover entitled Looking Ass Niggas for Malcolm X. I, and then covers it up and then, you know, flusters and like, it's no big, it's no big deal to these people. Back in the day, that should have deaded your career. I mean, there, there, are, there are sacred cows in the black community, aren't there? Or is it the, be- the beehive does that now? You feel me? The Malcolm X is a is a sacred cow. Um, who else am I thinking of too? Uh, Emmett Till is a sacred cow. I would think Rosa Parks is a sacred cow, and these goddamn nignogs, Captain, be going like it's no big deal. But when I but when I break it down. Because I still honor these sacred cows. I'm being told, shut your MF, shut your MF respectability ass mouth up. Because I was told. That's what I was told. So, you know, as I said in my responding tweet, I put a tweet with the great Marlon Brando, pre Richard Pryor, I think, <laughs> who. <laughs> Who, who sent his child when he was when he was Jor El to planet Earth? I said the Oracle has has my ship ready while I leave the Nignogs and their capers. <laughs> while I, while I leave and go to the planet to get my to get my superpowers, I have to leave all you folks. Captain has been beamed down. I'm trying to bring Daryl on, but he might be fighting me. I'll make sure he's protected because I have to save him from himself on occasion. But I will be – but the Oracle has that ship ready. I am blasting off. I'm trying to save Q-Storm too, but hopefully he will catch the second ship that I had ready for him. I don't know based on how he responds when I pick up this, this call. I don't know how he's going to respond. I've seen the, you with you. I've seen you with you, Q. <laughs> but we may I didn't see that. But we but we may have to leave some of the Nignogs and the Capers and Nignog supporters on the planet as it explodes. I'm just saying. The body Q storm. Q Yes, yes sir. sir. What's up, yes, man? Sir. <laughs> I, I, I need saving? Is that what you're saying? I don't think so. But you you could go in and out sometimes, my brother. You 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 could go in and out. Well go ahead. <laughs> okay, I could go in and out. All right. Um First of all, real quick, yeah, there are sacred cows that um, we saw uh, Little Wayne and uh, Nicki Minaj <clears throat> uh, defile. But let's be, let's keep it honest. Our generation did the same thing when what was it? The first barber shop where Cedric, his character, was going in on Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks and somebody else, I think. Mm-hmm. And there was a big controversy about that. Jesse Jackson got involved. Mm-hmm. It didn't. It didn't. You know. It, that's. You know. We got to own a little bit of that too. But um, <clears throat> in regards to um, Ava DuVernay, you know, I, I come at me. I, I think I don't think she's go. qualified. Here, she's not qualified. Here we go. Here she's we not go. qualified. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. 
I seen you. Oh, I seen oh, you oh, with oh, you, Q. Hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold, hold on, Q, Q. Guess what? I see there's an opening for your ship. You're protected, my brother. You're protected. There we go. You, you, you will come. You, we will both have our super speed in the next planet where no nignogs are there, and the women are attractive and ready to go. That's the next planet. Hold up, you, you just warmed up Sergio's engine. It looked like it looked like he just said, hey, well, "That's me." Guess, guess what? Guess what? A third ship is actually available. Who would have thunk it? I think Sergio is coming with me on the third ship. So I, I got, yeah, I got my, my hold on, hold on, hold on. I like I like where you're going with this, Affleur. But since Q said, since Q said, come at me. Why do you feel? She's not qualified. You're going to have to elaborate. You just can't drop it like that. Is it, be, is it because she's a woman? Is it because she's a woman? Nothing, nothing to do with her uh, gender. Nothing at all. Okay. Uh, I work in film and video. What do I do? That I know. I yeah. direct, uh, I've directed my share of commercials, local commercials, promotions for BET, MTV, Nickelodeon. Uh, my thing right now is corporate video, which pays very well. Now, do I think I could direct a Hollywood feature film? I think I could give it a shot. Do I think, if I'm being honest with myself, which I am an enlightened person and I can be honest with myself, do I think I'm the best qualified person to do it with my corporate background? Hell no. Okay. So when I look at, when I look at uh, Selma, brilliant movie. When I see, I haven't seen the 13th yet. I've seen the trailers. It looks amazing. But that doesn't mean you can jump right into directing a hundred-plus million-dollar film, which we saw in A Wrinkle in Time, which, I'm sorry, that was a travesty of a movie. So what we need to know, what, what we need to realize is that we need to know our lanes. We can be all about empowerment and progressivism and all that, but just because, just by dint of being black, female, uh, person of color, doesn't mean I can do everything. So we've got to keep it like real. You. She is not qualified for this job. I like you. Good. Maybe she I, will I be like in 10 you. years. I don't know. She's not qualified. <laughs> All right. I like you. Now, now, now I'm going to start to throw you some pictures. I'm Nolan Ryan now. Remember that. You know who Nolan Ryan is, right? He was a great pitcher. All right. It's a baseball analogy. You might get okay. kicked out. All right. Now, but listen, when it comes to these superhero movies, we see all of these startup directors. Sometimes they just had a short, a short. They didn't have a film. And they threw them jobs, and they were able to do a legitimate job. Now, essentially, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're saying that this last project, which is not a superhero film, was a failure, or not up to standard. Let's not use failure. Let's not use it. Not up to standard. So because of that, she cannot direct. She doesn't have the capability to direct a superhero film. When you see some of these non-starters come here and do it, is that what you're saying to me, Q? I'll, 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 um, I'll deconstruct that this way, thusly. Go ahead. Uh, from my own mistake. Not even a mistake, but my, from my own agnosticism, let's say, in terms of okay. film. When I well, question, well. really question, is Ryan Coogler prepare for the Black Panther after directing Creed and Fruitvale Station. I said, I don't know okay. if he's the best choice, okay? He proved me wrong, all right? 
Ava DuVernay, on the other hand, she has directed a film that is similar in nature and tone in terms of the fantasy elements and the action elements. She's already directed a film that is nothing like uh, Selma or the 13th, and it didn't work. So I have proof. Rotten Tomatoes is my proof. The box office is my proof that she is not the one to direct a big budget film, and I'll go take it any further. She stepped away from Black Panther, and not to call out Bieber, because he's right, but he said in the last show, thank God she did, or we wouldn't be lauding the Black Panther today. <laughs> so, that tells me, no, she's not ready. This is not her style. Her style is wonderful for the film she's done. She has a style which I will go see. I will go see a film by her because of her tone, her style, her, her capability. But she's not the one to direct this movie. Simple. You're right. Nothing to do with her yeah. genitalia, gender, whatever. Now, now, let me throw some more. I'm still on the mound, man. Uh, I'm still on the mound, all right? Still on the mound. Now, a lot of times, this is something that's set for these superhero movies. The production company, the executives put you in a certain paradigm box and say, direct the movie here. This is our vision. Sometimes they let you go, Nolan, right? They let Nolan do pretty much how he wanted to do it. Uh, Zack Snyder, and we saw what happened with Zack Snyder. You understand? Now, what if they come along and they say, this is the paradigm. I just need you to just go ahead and do this, this way. And she agrees to do it this way. And then the movie is knocked out of the box. You see? Well, <laughs> that's a big if. I mean, like, uh, what does Deeper say? Uh, uh, a broken clock can tell the right time twice a day? That's correct. But what I'm saying is, when you're talking about millions of dollars, I want to play the odds. <laughs> okay? Uh, Hollywood rolled the dice with Ryan Coogler. They came up seven. I, I'm walking yeah, away from the table. Supposed to do. I'm that's walking away from the table. <laughs> but, but the point being is, they don't, a lot of times, when you see some of these new directors for these superhero movies, come on, man. <laughs> come on. Who are you referring to? Who, who are you talking about? Well, well, well look, just just look when you look at you know you go look at like Spider Man and a few others when they started uh -huh. some of these people they went and got these weren't really accomplished individuals, you know. So I'm just saying what I'm just saying is maybe she may knock it out the box. Maybe she won't. But what are you based that on? I, 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 like I said, we saw a Wrinkle in Time, which had similar elements to a comic book movie. It wasn't exactly a comic book movie, but it had elements of fantasy, action, a little bit of sci-fi, and it didn't work. I, what I saw when I watched Wrinkle in Time was I saw an art house director bringing art house sensibilities to a film that needed a much bigger scope. So I don't need to, to surmise what she's going to do unless somehow she changes her, changes her first style and flips the script overnight. Okay. All right. All right. All right. You didn't shy away. You said what you needed to say. Good enough. Now, <laughs> I thank you for your comments, and make sure you hold on. Let's hear from Sergio, though. <laughs> By the way, uh, I think Big Barter is more comparable to Marvel's Thundra. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can yeah. say that. I mean, listen, all of them are kind of like these super-powered um, Amazonian uh, analogs, if you're going to be honest. Uh, you know, that they, but... 
Wonder Woman is definitely softer in her approach, and she has more of a uh, a good, you know, spreading goodwill, spreading spreading uh, honorable justice and and peace. I mean, there's a whole thing with her that she she's a she's an ambassador at, in, in many of these storylines. I mean, she's she is an ambassador of peace, um, even with all of her Greco-Roman mythological background. But with the the ones you're mentioning. Yeah, she probably would be a, a, a good Thundra analog, but I think they're all based on Wonder Woman in, in some derivation. I, I, I would I would agree with you on that in that way. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Big Bart and Big Big Bart has a relationship with with, with uh, a marriage, I should say. Pardon me, with Mister Miracle. So I mean, I mean, there's a lot of things that are interesting. It's, it's a lot of psychedelic stuff going on. The look of these two planets. I mean, man, you thought that that a wrinkle in time is difficult to interpret. You know, you're interpreting Jack Kirby. I mean, it's literally a, a world. His 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 fourth world comic book series. I mean, it's it's not easy to go there. Uh, you know, as you said, uh, to me, a wrinkle in time is 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 the lesser of that. You're gonna go and 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 also, you're you're going into a franchise, or I should say, a a a, a franchise system. That is on the downswing right now. You know, it's a little different going into a clubhouse that's winning, but the WB they can't seem to get their stuff in order. So now it seems, <laughs> you know, you, you got to be careful. You know what I mean? You're not going to a that's winning. That's another team. good point. That's another great point. It seems a little risky for a studio that hasn't had a lot of. I mean, they made money, but they haven't really changed the zeitgeist with their films like Marvel has. Well, their whole setup. If we're going to be honest, Q, and then we'll bring in Sergio, their whole setup seems to be you know, uh, based on so much of a corporate sensibility. I mean, a little overtly so. In other words, Ava DuVernay is just a, a hot property, a hot name, irrespective of how well or how, how um, not well A Wrinkle of Time is doing. She's popular. So we're going to do the popular thing. You know, they're moving these chess pieces around. Without any kind of creative sensibility, Marvel, Marvel Entertainment, they have a, they have an actual machine that deals with keeping some degree of integrity, because they're so closely connected to these IPs. I don't get that same sense of closeness. I feel like let's put these pieces together and make a mint. That's the kind of mentality I see. And again, you're dealing with creative work. You're dealing with a property that comes from the mind. Of Jack King Kirby, and again, you go into these stories; they are psychedelic. They are they are out there. You know uh, what is it? Granny goodness is one of the. I mean, come on, really? How you, you got? You got to figure out a way. To, I mean, you know, essentially, Oprah was get Granny goodness. If you're going to keep it 100, yeah. even even the, the look a little bit. You didn't you didn't pull Man. that off. You didn't pull it off. Listen, she right. came out. With a wrinkle in time, and it was all that, like it was some real quirky, real quirky, insightful, uh, psychedelic stuff. Then I would say, let's go to work. She didn't do that. There's a way a wrinkle in time could have been interpreted. But I think you would have had to done some drugs. <laughs> I say that facetiously. But I don't support that to listening audience, but you got to have a little bit of that mentality. Why, TT, I think that Sean Christopher. Uh, in our in um, on Twitter, 
had said something about Kugler and what and and uh, Watiti not necessarily being, you know, the 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 uh, optimal choices for their movies. But I think these guys were quirky enough. Well, I said Watiti is quirky enough, but they both seem to have a kind of sort of a knowledge base about the product. Someone coming in saying, I don't know what's going on. Gives me, gives me the, the feel. It feels like Schumacher. Joel Schumacher had gave me that vibe, and we see where that ended up. I'm just saying. Let me bring in Sergio. Sergio. Yes. Uh-huh. Hey, what's up? We're talking about your favorite hey, director, of, by the way. Of, of, of. I'm sorry, I was still lost in this idea of going on a spaceship with all these women. I'm sorry, I just <laughs> <laughs> But but look, um it just is a whole this whole debate. Um you can argue that, you know, right, Ava DuVernay was not the best choice for the movie, but what director was. Um you can argue that it was an infilmable book, so no every anybody who tackled it People forget there was a TV version of this a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, and even the writer of the book said that she hated it. Um, and actually, there was even an earlier version for PBS that I guess a lot of people have forgotten about, I think, was in the early 80s. So it's been tried several times. They never seem to be able to, go, to do it right. Um, my whole thing about... The thing is that, to me, it comes down to what knowledge does the director have on the 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 premise, the subject matter. Um, I can argue that Ava DuVernay, to me, does not seem to be someone who has a lot of knowledge about comic book movies. Um, I haven't seen it. She hasn't expressed it before. Uh, which means this could be a tough choice for her. Now, maybe it's not. Like, I, I can go back and look at examples. I look at, like, Spider-Man Homecoming, which I thought was really terrific. Who directed that movie? Does anybody remember? It was directed by a guy named John Watts, whose only really previous experience was a low-budget thriller that nobody has seen called Cop Car, which, from a friend of mine who's seen it, said it was not good. And before that, he directed episodes for The Onion News, when The Onion newspaper parody had this website where they were doing spoofs on news shows. He directed some of those. So he went from that to doing this movie, to giving him a $200 million budget to do Spider-Man Homecoming. And that worked. And I I have to believe that he's really steeped into Marvel into Marvel Comics. He knows it. He's been a long fan of Spider Man, a long fan of Marvel Comics, so he knows what to do. Right? So in that case I think that it comes down to what the director knows. I could never direct a Marvel movie. I can't do it. I can direct the I think I could direct the James Bond movie. I know James Bond I know those movies backwards and forwards. I've read all the novels. I started reading when I was in grammar school. So if you gave me a Bond project direct, I think, you know, I could pull this off because I steeped into that thing. I know what works in a Bond movie and what doesn't work in a Bond movie. 
Um, but if you gave me a Marvel movie or a DC film, I would be adrift. Yeah, well, th- that seems to be what's at issue, issue, Sergio, is, you know, when you bring up some of these arguments to folks that are supporters of Ava DuVernay, as if I am not one. As a matter of fact, I, I am so much of a supporter that I even said, hey, well, I used the term conundrum out there, so I, I think, because I had, a, when I first heard the announcement, I was like, okay, what are we going to do? Nah, man. Well, listen, I'm, hey, I'm the, I'm the bad guy <laughs> even when I try to be the good guy. I'm the bad guy oh, even when I try to be the good guy. I threw out a couple of names, not about gender, only about my first reaction was, let's get some people that could, let's get the story. You know, in other words, if you get the story in, done in a certain way, and you have, uh, as you just said, Captain, the way Marvel somewhat operates, they, the, the, the suits give you like your marching orders. Like, okay, we want you to do it like this. If you're able to stay within these lines, like you just just technic, technically direct the movie and let the writing and the actors do what they do. You should be you should, you should be within the the right. You should be within the realm of a, of having a decent movie, okay? But you just going at it, you know, just interpreting something so psychedelic after having left an another psychedelic movie that didn't do that well. I don't know what to say. I, I don't. I don't. That's the real the main reason. Like, I don't and also, I having... want to say, this This may sound far-fetched, but I think another reason why she got this gig is because w- just when when the movie came out and it looked like, the, the, look, Disney says it's not going to lose money on the movie. It's probably going to do about $90 million in the United States, and it'll probably do twice that overseas. So they're not going to lose money on this picture. But the thing about it is that, it's considered basically a failure. And what you started hearing was, well, if you're going to get another shot, because those white boys, they can make one flop after another, and they always get gigs. You know? That's true. Uh, Zack Schneider can screw up every movie he directs, and you still hire him to do another movie. So are they going to do that with Ava DuVernay? And I think a lot of the thing was that, well, let's just show everybody that – you know, this is a new world now, and now even black directors are now free to fail and have another opportunity to come back. Wait, you know something else, Can, I, can I put my two cents in? Can I put my two sure. cents in? Sure. Yeah. I think after the success of Wonder Woman, which was directed by a woman, I think they might have been shopping after the Zack Snyder debacle. You know, we're having luck with this. Sometimes these decisions are just I just, you know, done like this. We're having luck. Let's get a woman. You know, and she was just someone just up, next up, added with what Sergio just said. That's why I think a lot of that is going on. Because, you know, if the dice is rolling, you're doing well with that, just keep going with that. You know? A lot of times that's how these some of these decisions are made. They're not that well thought out. You know? I'm just thinking that along those lines. That's all. Back to you. Well, you know, well, you know what? What really, uh, as I'm thinking here, because he, he, he's had kind of uh, a, a rocky amount of films. I mean, he, he was extremely successful, and now he's kind of on the downswing. But as far as his eye, he would probably be a better choice. Tim Burton might be a better guy to interpret. I mean, as far as the look. See, see, my thinking is this: uh, Duvernay, Duvernay comes from the hype machine world. 
she comes from the corporate world. She's not like creative in the sense that I think of creative. And I'm not really trying to take anything away from her. But when you think of some of these, these really weirdos, like Tim Burton looks like he belongs in one of his own damn movies. And, he, you know, you can tell when you look at um, uh, Guillermo del Toro. Guillermo, uh, every movie he makes has a real distinctive look. It's quirky. It's weird. And this movie lends itself to that kind of personality. So that's that's what's really that's what's really in my mind is that why wouldn't you get somebody that's able to interpret freakiness? You need a freak on this film. And 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 all respect to Duvernay, she doesn't come across like that. She came from a different way. She's not one of these quirky weirdos that that's needed to interpret a film like this. I'm just saying. Well, you know, you have a point. You know, you you very much have a point. Um, You need, you know, did he really hire the best person, or did he hire somebody because she's a good she's a good self promoter, and that they had they wanted to uh, make a they wanted to put out a message that this was they were all being all inclusive. So, um, okay, so what happens when the movie comes out? By the way, there's no guarantee the film's going to be made yet. You know, they've just announced that they're going to make exactly. this picture or she's under negotiation. She may not want to make it. We don't know yet. But let's suppose yep. she does make it and the film comes out and it's terrible. Well, what good was that? Well, I mean, listen. This whole thing about um, folks that are so much on the agenda train, I'm getting tired of it. Like, it's it, it, like... You know, they, they have the wrong sacred cows. I mean, I respect Ava all, and I want her to be successful. I want her, I want her to, listen, I would want her to have a film like this because it's a black woman getting a superhero film that could actually push, push us forward. But, you know, unfortunately, I, I think people think we're still, we're still not operating under the same rules. That, unfortunately, uh, white directors... Uh, white creatives are allowed to fail and fail and fail until they get it right. They're not giving you that same kind of breath with being a black person. We haven't seen it. Now, they're going to give Kugler the world because he's on the street until he's no longer on the street. We see that with Will Smith on, in, on some way. He's on a decline, although you know he seems to have yeah. worked things out with Netflix. But, you know, we, we're, not, we're not giving us that. I mean, again... You come in, you, if you want to do anything, even if you're not that, even if you don't think you're that good, you've you got to come up to the occasion. You've got you to work it out. That sister, that sister is going to have to get out, of her, get out of her own way and figure out how to put together a good damn movie this time around. Because the WB, that whole, that whole look, that whole franchise, people have like a meh. They're like meh. No one really cares about that. I mean, you, they have like way too many losing. I mean, who really cares? At the end of the day, you know, I mean, look, I mean, even Ryan Coogler in his interviews talked about has been a longtime fan of Black Panther. He he has talked about in interviews how when he first saw it when he was a young kid, going to comic book stores and he first saw Black Panther and he was intrigued by it. So he has a history about it. I don't think even when he was going around worrying about new gods, I never heard of new gods personally. When she signed on to this thing, said new gods, what's that? I don't know. I'm sure it's been around forever, but I I'm, I don't know. I haven't followed it. So, um, 
I, I'm kind of hard pressed to believe that she is this secret new gods fan who, you know, has now gotten the opportunity to do her dream project. I'm not buying it. Yeah, and, and also, listen, the beauty of Black Panther, I hate to keep on going and talking about it, but the beauty of it was that in two hours, Coogler was able to give you uh, Wakanda as its own world, as, its, as a, a character unto itself. Now, when you're dealing with new gods, new gods is dealing with two worlds where you've got to be able to give the audience a good idea of what these, wor- these worlds are about. Kugler was able to give you who Black Panther was, who Shuri was, who the Dora Milaje were, and what Wakanda was about, and a whole bunch of other ancillary things. Uh, now we're talking about uh, new gods, two separate worlds that you have to, and their characters. Uh, man, ain't easy. You need a nut, and I don't perceive it to be a nut. You need a nut to come up with this movie. I'm just, Watiti... Uh, uh, Burton, any somebody that knows that knows how to do this weird stuff. See, Watiki would be a great choice. I think Watiki would be a great choice to do that picture because he's got, he's kind of wacky. He's out there. I saw that vampire comedy film that he made, um, We Walk at Night or whatever it was called. Right. Um, that, he's in that the was, genre. He, 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 that was extremely funny, and um, uh, he, he, he had that oddball sensibility. Yeah, let, so, let's, um, um, let's move ahead. Yeah, let's move yeah, ahead. Yeah, let's move ahead. I mean, you know, listen. I, I, I want her to. I want her to be successful. So I don't want people to think that I'm hating. I, I'm, I'll leave it. Leave it at that. I like. I like her name connected to it. I just want her to be good. Does that make sense? <laughs> you know what I mean. I understand. Yeah. I, I I hope she I hope she proves me wrong. Kugler proved me wrong. I ain't Dude, saying ish now. Who has tomatoes put on his car an hour from now? Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know. Uh, now, uh, inter- interestingly enough, um, and I think Sergio can speak on this as well. I think he kind of gave somewhat of a moderate r- review or moderate inkling about this this movie. But as far as quirkiness uh. goes. This sorry to bother you trailer intrigues me, and uh-huh. it's one of the things. It's one of the things that's missing from the black experience and black uh, equation. You know, since we're on this alleged renaissance, we're on this whole alleged, you know, different view of what black people can be. Uh, sorry to bother you, which is a, a Boots Boots Riley um, a Bruce Riley product. Boots Riley, I know, going back maybe ten years ago, because of my penchant for looking at for, for listening to alternative music. Boots Riley is a phenomenal musician. He has like a, this whole. I mean, he's definitely on that that quirky Afro punk sensibility thing. So, you know, for him to, to 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 make this movie, and you see what it's like. I mean, the movie. I mean, at least visually. I even, heck, I don't even want him um, on based on what he, he brings to all this psychedelic. <laughs> well, but he's a guy though, so I'm, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna, you know, hey, I'm, he's a you guy. Can't do so that. I'm be called, it has uh, to be a woman. Can't do but that. I'm going. But I'm looking at someone who has an eye for the psychedelic, male or female. So I don't know. I don't know what to expect from this movie. But so far, 
the buzz is pretty strong. This might be another get out if if it turns out to be halfway decent. There's a, it, the buzz on it is very strong because we don't. Well, we have that's not what really, they're betting well, on. Hold on. That's what they're on. betting on. Well, hold on, because we have not seen. Again, it's like people didn't see. They're unaccustomed to seeing, you know, uh, black Afrofuturism. We're not accustomed to really seeing black, black psychedelic, uh, black, black psychedelic. So that's what makes it interesting to me. But is it good? I don't know. But it looks good. It looks good. Your thoughts? You know, I, like I said, I know people have. I know people saw that at Sundance. Uh, one guy wasn't crazy about it. One friend of mine wasn't crazy about it. He simply says that. It took a basic premise and really didn't do much with it. The other friends of mine really liked it. It does go into some really bizarre surrealism that may go over, right over people's heads. It's not going to be – they're going for the Get Out audience. I don't think – because but Get Out is still pretty much a straightforward horror film with every cliche you have seen before. This movie goes into other realms of real absurdist humor – and surrealism, from what I've heard, uh, which pro- would probably go right over people's heads. So it's not going to do get out kind of business. But of course, I'm dying to see it. I'm very much dying to see it. I'm, I'm dying to see what this film is going to be like. It comes out in late June, which is an interesting um, time, sort of like a uh, what they're going for a sort of counter programming move. Uh, going up against the big summer movies, which are coming out, wh- whatever they are. I can't recall right now. Uh, so we'll see. Um, as a matter of fact, I think it opens the same – no, no, sorry, that was in May. But we'll see um, how it plays. But I'm intrigued by it, and this is what I'm talking about. I hope the success of, of Get Out and the success of Black Panther will lead us for another type of black movies. You know, I know Tyler Perry has a movie coming out in April. Uh, I, I no, let me. Is it? I no. Is it this month? No, actually, it comes out yeah, on the thirtieth. I want to see how that yeah. film does, because if that film tanks or doesn't do anywhere near what his previous films have done, and they really haven't been doing well, and his last few films have not done well, but if this film does even worse, I think to me that's a big sign. The audiences are saying with their pocketbooks, we're tired of this crap. We've seen it yeah, all before. We want something new. We want something different. You know, we're just tired of it anymore. Yeah, but um, unfortunately, Perry has a pretty strong fan base that, you know, I suspect that will support whatever well, he does. Not, once again, On some not level. as On strong some level. as it was. Not as strong as it was. I mean, if you compare his later movies, his more recent films, that say five years ago, his more recent films had done on average $20 million less than his earlier pictures. Uh, the audience, I, 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 you know, sure, he'll always have an audience. I'm not sure that the audience is that strong anymore. It's out there anymore. I don't, I don't see it. I think they're tired of him, too. It's like it's the same damn movie over and over again. How many times can you watch that? Well, look, again, uh, I already mentioned the the folks that I consider to be uh, sacred cows. 
but I'm learning that there are other people that are adopting other sacred cows that I could care two craps about. The, <laughs> Tiffany, Haddish, the, the Tiffany Haddishes of the world and the Cardi B's okay. of the world are protected by certain... Like I mentioned something about Tiffany Haddish. I think you and I were going back, Sergio, about Tiffany Haddish, where you know she's got this goofy commercial. She's got that, that, that yes, sir, you know, uh, a girl, girlfriend, girlfriend um, mannerisms. And I, again, I, I like to see... A, a person of color get their due, but why do? Why is it that the culture and and, and your people have to suffer? You know, uh, why are we? Why are we the casualties that, of your success? You know, what I, mean? I don't. I just don't. I just don't get it. But when I, but someone will tell me I'm about respectability politics, and I see, I see that's like the the cold way. You know, before they used to say you're a hater, and you didn't have a response to that. The new no, it, no, that's something more basic. When they say that, what they're really saying is, part of my French folks, what they're really saying is, why can't niggas act like niggas? Really, that's what they're saying. <laughs> well, let's, let's be honest. Well, as African already knows, you know, and the rest of you proper Negroes know, how you got off the back of the bus was respectability politics. There was two other people that they had lined up before Rosa Parks, and they said, hell no. You understand? This was a lot cleaner to get the job done. So that's it. Yeah, I mean, and it was Claudette Coburn, and he couldn't do Claudette Coburn because she that's was a it. 15-year-old pregnant girl. That's Sorry. Right. And then there was another woman whose name I cannot remember now. There were it's stories that drunk, her father drunken, was an alcoholic was and, and, uh, yes. and an abuser, so they couldn't use mm-hmm. her. So they that's had right. to get, yes, whether you like it or not, uh, Rosa Parks, who had been a long-time activist in the civil rights movement, she had the right image. She looked like a schoolmarm, you know. That's right. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> and and the idea was that people would accept it coming from her because of the image that she portrayed. That's reality, folks. Even Claudette yeah. Colvern has said, who's still alive, she lives in she lives in the Bronx. She has said, I understand. She has said, I understand. Why they did that? I understand why I was not the role model or not the person that 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 could have been the face of the movement. I understand. It. She even said that herself. She understands that. Well, look, when I brought up again, I mentioned this at the beginning of the show when I spoke about just being on Twitter, which I need to kind of wean myself off of Twitter, or if anything, just keep <laughs> things a little, a little, a little tighter. Because I'm getting into these, you know, I will, like, cut the conversation short when I feel that it's just absurd. But to get to the absurd part is getting easier and easier because some people, they're just, um, just amazingly stupid. But when I put out there about this deal with Chadwick Boseman on SNL and that, and that Cardi B was going to be his musical guest, I thought that was just absurd, that this man is, is somewhat being fashioned somewhat in the new era somewhat being fashioned as a type of Sydney Sydney Poitier type. You know, Denzel is getting older. So this is the new guard and he comes off, you know, he's college educated. Uh you know, he's he's a youthful cat, even though he's older, believe it or not. He's a youthful cat and he, he he's coming off of a billion dollar, dare I say, black respectability Afrofuture film. Because it's been critiqued that way also. Uh some folks that are just loving Black Panther other people, and maybe rightfully so, and probably one of the reasons why I love the film, is that it does have a kind of, if we get our ish together, 
we could be in flying ships and we could be doing what we need to be doing. Okay, but it requires it requires someone like Rosa Parks versus the uh, uh, I'm sorry, the lady's name you just mentioned her, um, uh, Sergio uh, Claudette Colvin. Claudette Colvin. Colvin, right? It was it, it requires that kind of Sophie's choice, and the common Negro doesn't want to do that. Like this guy just tells me, shut your shut. I'm leaving it right now off of Twitter. Shut yo yo. Shut your whack respectability ass up. <laughs> okay. So, so you know, I, I they don't understand. They don't understand. And Sergio saw my wrath. I kind of don't because I know the kind of intelligence that I'm dealing with. So I have to calibrate my my levels because I don't want to like cause him to have to have to you know put a knife a, a knife to his his, his neck. I don't want to go that far. But I know enough to what I'm dealing with. So I, I two-pieced him on Twitter, and then I silenced him. Because I'm, I'm not dealing with an Einstein when it comes down to these battles. I've been battle-tested when I was at the lunchroom. When you are a nerd, you know how to if – you know, if you're not going to fight, you better be quick with your mouth. And I was the dude that was quick with his mouth. I've been battle-tested. So I two-pieced him. Get out of here. Well, like I said, I I tweeted him that, you know, had he ever read any books by James Baldwin or Franz Fanon, who, of course, wrote about the colonization, the the psychological effects of colonization on the black mind. And, of course, (laughs) 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 of course, he he bad, you know, he blocked me. (laughs) <laughs> I love to not know. Yeah, yeah. Sergio, you laugh how crazy. <laughs> like a little kid. <laughs> uh, he blocked me. James <laughs> <laughs> Baldwin is bad enough. I said Franz Fanon, he was just like, <laughs> What? Are you kidding me? Come on, man. He's Have not, you ever read The Wretched of the Earth? You know, uh, listen, like, <laughs> no, he's, he's not. Listen. You, you you come on. That, you you going way too deep into 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 that. You can't miss any any of those people. Come on, are you kidding me? No, <laughs> no. That's that's what you know. That's what you know. He's full of it. <laughs> come on, a, a, a Negro like that, his brain is probably already smoking trying to figure out what you just said. You know, you don't do that. I just find it funny that the respectability the respectability re- retort. Is the new you're a hater? Because before it was a there was a minute going back, and and I know that uh, the captain remembers this. There was a minute going back, maybe I don't know twenty, maybe let's say ten, fifteen years ago, where hater as a term was almost something you couldn't get around. You know, people. There was a moment where people were just ignorant with reckless abandon. I mean, people are still ignorant with reckless abandon, but it was hot and heavy. Let's say fifteen years ago, and. Anytime you will confront that person, he or she, telling them you need to straighten up and fly right, they would respond, oh, you're just a hating ass. you a hater. Okay, so they have upgraded it to respectability politics. But there's nothing wrong. I mean, the word respect, I mean, even if you want to try to go into what respectability politics means, the operative word, the root word is respect. I mean, you know, is it bad to be respectable? 
I'm kind of confused. It's, it's bad to re- be respectable by a white man's standard. Yeah, that made me so. But can we be respectable under any other? I don't know. Anyway, I two-pieced them, silenced them. I mean, it is what it is. It's fun, I guess. Listen, Sergio, I'm not your Negro, okay? I should have asked him if he had read Chancellor Williams' Destruction of Black Civilization. But uh, <laughs> his head would have exploded, I guess. Yeah, you're going you, to mention the passing of the, the mighty Lerone Bennett. His head's going to explode. Oh, yeah. Come on. You can't mention the Lerone Bennett. The Lerone Bennett is one of the greatest, most minds of 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 the past century. I mean, his intellect before the Mayflower is one of the most seminal books, seminal books on on Black history. I mean, just extraordinary, seminal minds. And who we have today? We got Dr. Moist Twatkins, <laughs> you know, dancing for Bitcoin. <laughs> That's what we got today. Look, I responded to that fool and sent him a picture of some apes in the forest. And I said, I'm sorry to disturb your natural habitat, sir. Continue cooning. Continue cooning. I'm sorry. I didn't know. I didn't want to disturb you. I'm sorry that I'm respecting your natural habitat. That's how you have to deal with these fools. I'm not going to. Come on. It is what it is. You know, that's the, uh, you know, you're, you're uh, I'm not going to say, say him by name, but to Q's uh, friend. He got two-pieced also with the same thing. He's on the same thing, too. He, he wants to uh, co-sign on. Of minstrels, I'm not doing that. And who does that? What, what, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on a limb. Q, you still there? I'm here. Yep. Okay. Can you, I'm not gonna say who this is, but you know who he is, right? Can you explain to me his penchant for uh, co-signing on Nick Nogary? Like, what, is, is he getting paid or something? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like normal people. No one, is, no one is going to high-five and co-sign on obvious minstrels, okay? But he's the one. Matter of fact, this same fool, the other fool, tells me. Wow. I'm, when, I, when I told him that, uh, what, what, I said, what's your problem with, like, black pride? Like, is it wrong to be prideful for black people? Which I knew he couldn't respond. You know, once I, I know how to get you because you can't really, you really can't, like, get at me for that. I said, I went to him and said, you know, is it, a, is it really controversial to, like, Ask for people that like kind of promote black pride. Is that really? Are you against that? And he says, "Well, you're supposed to be prideful for everybody. All black people should be under." So okay, so Flavor Flav, I gotta be proud of him too. <laughs> That's what he's saying. You see what I mean? <laughs> so you know, Cardi B sticks her tongues out, tongue out, opens up her big black behind to the world. That might be interesting at 12 a.m. But anyway. <laughs> but be, Hashtag but reptilian in, nature. Well, well, in the daytime, you get you get scolded. Twelve a.m. is might be biblical healing, but in the daytime, wow. I must put, I must put I must put fire to your behind. He co-signs on that. This you, all these minstrels that have done really horrible things to black people. It's like oh, it's all good. This man's supposed to be an educated man. Hey, man. Well, you know, listen, that's I your can't, boy. I, it's, uh, wait, hey, I can't call it. Niggas love I, to hey. not know. 
I get accused. Listen, I get accused of parroting a certain person who has their own show, which okay. airs at six o'clock on Saturdays. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Anyway, let's move. Let's move forward, John. I'm gonna keep you keep you guys on. You're going to talk about uh, Pacific Rim 2. Were you going to bring that up? <laughs> well, yeah, Let's bring it up. Yeah, Let's, go. Let's go. Let's go. I want to go there. Let, 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 let me put out the, the phone number as well. Again, it's 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620 for folks that would like to listen. I, I heard that uh, that Black Ronin wanted to jump in. If he wants to jump in, just press 1. That way I know that he's, you know, he wants to jump in. So, so yeah, I, I, I wanted to mention this deal with uh, John Boyega as the, the, the lead guy for this Pacific Rim sequel, Pacific Rim Uprising. Now, um, I actually, I'm kind of surprised that the movie is like $150 million. I mean, I heard that's what the cost was. So they didn't, I mean, that's kind of, you know, for the kind of movie that it is, I would have thought it might be more, unless they're being a little bit, a little bit you know, The first one actually cost more. Well, the first one kind of brought me, I mean, visually, again, you're talking about uh, Guillermo again. Uh, I thought that he looked really, like, amazing. When those, when those, um, those robots, those, those manned robots were, like, uh, coming on the beach, they were walking from the, from the war, from the sea onto the beach. I thought it looked, I thought it looked amazing. I was just happy to be there. This is one of the few times I would say that, you know, we could talk about, you know, the movie being silly or not really being all that. I, I think people embraced that movie to a certain degree because, and listen, it was a Godzilla movie for all intents and purposes. It was a Godzilla, Godzilla proxy movie. But visually, you can't touch Guillermo. Blade 2 was that business because that's why I first heard about Guillermo was from Blade 2. So... Uh, but this time around, now I'm hearing people are kind of trepidatious about what this movie might do, and China comes up again because China saved the first film. So, what mm-hmm. are your thoughts about you know what we're hearing about again, you know, black folks and and their perceptions in China? You know, well, black well, first of all, keep it. Yeah. Well, first of all, keep in mind the first movie wasn't that all that big a hit. It just it barely grossed a hundred million in the United States. It did, it did three hundred or more overseas, but 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 once again, um, for its cost, they almost I don't even thought they actually broke even on that movie. Really, it was a very very expensive movie, and and so when they made a sequel, at first there was trouble because they couldn't find anybody willing to finance it because they were like, well, wait a minute, that first one didn't do so well, so I don't know where you're gonna put money in this. Somehow they got it together. They got some no-name director I've never heard of before. I had a look up go. his credits. Turned out he's he wrote some episodes of Daredevil. That's about it. And directed one, maybe one episode. Uh, some television. See, once again, see the white guy. You, you know, he does hardly any experience. They give him a big movie, just like this mu- musical that came out, The Greatest Showman. That actually was a big hit mm-hmm. uh, that came out over the holiday about P.T. Barnum. The guy who directed that movie had never directed a movie before. He was a special effects guy. And not even on just only just a few movies. 
not even major big hit movies. And they gave him a big $150 million or $100 million musical direct, and it was a hit. So um, in terms of uh, Pacific Rim 2, you know, the jury's out. I'm supposed to go see it Tuesday. I'm not sure. I've seen the trailer. It doesn't look that interesting to me, just like, you know, Transformers, and I gave up on those movies a long time ago. The only reason I got to go see it is because of Boyega, who is, you know, talking with his natural British accent. Um, he plays the son of Idris Elba from the first movie. Uh, but I don't really see that film doing any better. Uh, once again, it'll be up to the um, it'll be up to the foreign box office to save this picture, and once again brings up China. I have now. How are they going to sell this film in China? Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. They're going to have to, you know, cover up John Boyega's face. You know, They've been known to do that. They've been known to do well, that. Well, they have, and they and they've done it to him. You know. Wow. Uh, this is like, you know, the first time in Force Awakens, he was totally removed from the poster, Chinese poster. In in Last Jedi, he's on the Chinese poster, but he has the smallest image, and he's on the lower left of the poster. <laughs> you just see his head. So, you know, I, I guess John Boyega could walk down the street in China, nobody would know him. So... <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do with 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 uh, with Pacific Rim Two. I I don't I don't see it doing well. It's not any reflection on him. I'm sure he got a big payday to do it, but I don't see the interest there for it. Well, the gentleman you mentioned, who is the director, Stephen DeKnight. Now, yeah. I, I hate to I hate to say this, but if it comes down to like his familiarity with this kind of pop culture stuff, even though he hasn't done big tent items, he's done some stuff that, you know, could kind of lend itself, lend itself to being able to pull this off. Um, but, and again, you know, the first movie came out in 2013. And it's interesting that you mentioned China and, and the global markets because that film really was a linchpin for uh, the United States having a dependency on global markets. Like, I think many years... Mm-hmm. Many years ago, and you know this, you're in the business. Many years ago, people paid somewhat of attention to what it does, what this stuff does globally. But now, you know, if if a film doesn't really do that well in the United States, but does really well overseas, it could it could actually, you know, Tom flip Cruise. it into flip it into a sequel status. I mean, it, you know, looking at the well, global yeah, markets. Well, well, let me finish that point. Looking at the global markets makes it seem as if. You know, you you, it 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 is very important to the life of a film. So this guy tonight, I'm looking at he's done like again it's again it's TV, but it's still the same type of you know Spartacus. You know, um, he's done uh, you said uh, a Daredevil, Angel, Buffy, Smallville. I mean, you know, it's kind of in that same bailiwick. So I'm I'm going to see it because of Boyega. I actually like the first film, but you know, if it does what it has to do overseas. It could still be a hit, to be honest with you. It could still well, no, be a I hit. Well, no, I go back to, like, that Vin Diesel movie, Triple X, The Return to Xander Cage. Made money. Tanked in the States. Did $45 million. Did $300 million overseas. That's the And of that $300 million, 
over half that came from China. So, um, and and also because <laughs> um, well, he passed the paper back. Yeah, uh, Vin Diesel is very racially ambiguous, he, so he, you he, know, he, they can't really place him. Um, he, he passed the old school. The Saints, he he yeah. passed the old school Kappa Alpha Psi paper bag test. Yeah, I said it. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I mean, same oh, with with uh, the rock. you know, <laughs> you're right, Dwayne Dwayne Johnson, uh, Dwayne Johnson, yep. uh, that Jumanji. Jumanji has done something like nine hundred and forty million dollars worldwide. I, it, this film is the biggest hit he's ever had. Unfortunately, it has Kevin Hart in it. It's the biggest hit he's ever been in. Um, but that film was huge around the world, and that was kind of like secret. I mean, people were noticing how well that film was doing everywhere. It, it did almost four hundred million dollars in the United States alone. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, Kevin Hart, who's a diminutive uh, black person in China, fits the the uh, mistral stereotype, yeah. running around and screaming. I think they would probably like that. I'm sure they I did. You know, I I didn't see the picture because I was afraid that he was going to be doing his man ten more than bit. Feet well, don't feel well, me now. You know, I could we, see it coming. <laughs> we we like that. According, according yeah. to some, some of those folks over there. <laughs> yeah, we, we love it. Yeah. So, so the, so the, the thing about it is that let, let's see how the movie. I don't expect Rim 2 to do well. I don't think anybody does. I'm great that the brother is getting mm-hmm. lead roles. You know, he's getting some shine. Um. Uh, I would like to see him in. I mean, he's a very good actor. I still remember him in, um, in, um, in uh, you know, Attack the Block. So um, I want to see him shine. I want to see him get more serious roles, something worth his while, um, um, I, something that really can show his range as an actor. Uh, this is a guy who's done Shakespeare. In, in the UK, he comes from a stage background, so um, I'd like to see more of that. You know, this film is not going to do it. Well, look, we well, saw uh, Q. What are you going to say, Q? Q. What are you going to say about Kevin Hart? Go ahead, Q. I was going to say, I mean, get off of Kevin Hart. The dude's funny. I mean, you looks like your man David Oyelowo, brilliant actor. Yeah. yeah. A brilliant actor. He's going to look like a minstrel in Gringo. That yeah, doesn't I mean he's trailer, not yeah. a. That doesn't yeah, mean he's I not a good that. actor. He just chose a bad role. I mean, Kevin Hart is a talented dude. Well, <laughs> well, to each his own. I never thought he was that funny. I just never thought he was funny, period. In anything not at done. all. Well, I could say I, I'm not that interested. I was very excited when John Boyega, Boyega broke out and attacked the block, but the roles he's taking now, I, I, I would have said that I would go see a movie based on him being in it, but the roles he's taking now, nope. Yeah, you see, I, I as I said, I, I want to see that. him do roles that, you know, show his range. Well, I think Detroit he, he hasn't shows really that. done that yet. Well, well there was Detroit, Detroit but yeah. nobody wanted to see that. I could see it. Well, you, know, you know what? I, I will take that back. I will take that back. Good point. I did like him in Detroit, but it was a, it mean, was a, um, it was um, impressionable. Is that the word? It was a role that had something that I could sink my teeth into. Pacific Rim Two, I'm good. No, really well, good. you know, but, but the problem, the, the, yeah, but the problem with Detroit, 
is that, okay, it's like Rosewood. Okay, it's a movie about a bunch of racist white people who kill a whole bunch of black people and get away with it. What's, right. what's the audience in that? There you well, go. Well, That's look, I, I, look, I didn't see the whole film, but I saw some of his performance. I was like, for, for, for a young man to pull off an American accent, which is, I guess, so easy for many of these Brits, uh, to the chagrin of the Sam Jacksons of the world, by the way. But he was masterful in that film. And because of his, of his relative youth, I was like, hey, this guy, you know, listen, he's a, he, he's a threat. But he's got to get the vehicles to do this kind of stuff. And I, listen, I also admire the fact, in a way, that they're considering, considering him for these tentpole, you know, kind of goofy action movies. I mean, that, that's, that's a thing also. If he can do it all, he can do it all. But I want him to be successful at it. And I, and I want... Uh, Pacific Rim to do well but it looks, it just doesn't look like the last film to me. It's in a daytime, it looks like it's some kind of some kind of uh, what's that film, the, the, the TV show from back in the days, um, the, not the Transformers from the, from the early Power 90s. Power Rangers. Yeah, Power Rangers. It has a Power uh. Rangers feel to it. You know, you gotta, if you're gonna do something like that, you gotta get a real maniacal uh, you know, listen, Shape of Water got an Oscar for a reason. <laughs> You know, now you, you you can't get that guy on you can't get that guy on that kind of movie anymore for some reason. I don't know. You know, it's it's messed up. But I'm gonna check it out. I hope it's good, and I hope that the the folks in, in China that they that they can they can stand some more dark skin, allegedly. <laughs> I don't know. I I'll say this. Just when I thought things, well, and I, just as I had said last week. I went back, I revisited that Quartz article. Uh, the Quartz.com article was the one that went into this whole thing about some commenters from China that had some not so, not, not so flattering things to say about um, Black Panther. Some of it, I think, is, was misapplied, some of it. When they talked about like, how dark the screen was, it literally was how dark the, the actual visuals were, not so much about the people. But there's still some, there was still some shaky-ish that was said, but the fact that it, it it came out, I think, was 65 million in China the first week, and then it went down to like 20 million the second week. I was like, okay, you know, the the, the word got out, and also the, like everybody else had pretty much was pretty much on the same page as far as uh, the review on that film. Like there's a there's, there's there's a pretty solid consensus on Black Panther, except on in China. That makes me that makes me very suspicious. But the whole, okay, can, well, hold on. So, you know, okay. South Korea, South Korea, other Asian countries, everybody else, for the most part, is like South okay, Korea is not them though. I know that. That's my South point. South Korea. But but, but so, <laughs> okay. listen, I, I I can't I can't ride with you when Democracy, when the when, when the majority of people on a global scale has said you know what it's a pretty good damn picture except for them. Come on you know, well, well, first of all, as I wrote today in Shadow Nag, you can read my piece today on the box office. Right now, China is around 90 million, okay? Um, here's the thing. The film would probably do about 100 million in China. Yeah. thing to keep in mind is, first of all, number one, actually, a lot of Marvel movies, some, many Marvel movies haven't made that much money. The first Avengers movie only made 86 million in China. 
Black Panther will surpass that. Now, there have been Marvel movies had done twice or two and a half times what Black Panther has done. But here's the thing to remember. Number one, Black Panther still is still the most successful movie this year. It is the seventh most successful movie domestically. It has now gone up the charts. It's now the 14th most successful film ever worldwide in history. And and, and and also keep in mind that even whatever it does in China, say it does a hundred million, that's still that's not chump change. And that's still a hundred million dollars more than what the film had two weeks ago. I, I will so, agree with you. I think I think it's still a good look. I mean listen, the money is there and it's still right. uh, a, a highly respectable amount of money to make in China when people were fearful that that they would that it wouldn't make any money in China. So I think that's important. But we will see. We will see when it's sequel time what goes on. Because now they know the jig is up that this is a black film. So when the sequel – because the sequel, if it's done well, the sequel will, will probably surpass the first outing. That's how it normally goes, if it's done well. So we will see now that the jig is up two or three years from now what they think about Black Panther, really. Let's go to uh, let me let me bring in let me bring in Black Ronan. Black, what's up, man? Nothing much, guys. Just listening in. Um, I need blood today, so I'm a little out of it right now. Still recovering, but uh, it's all good. Just listening to the show. Can we talk about Infinity New War trailer? Yeah, we're gonna get into that. I want I want to take a quick break. I'm gonna keep you on hold. I'm gonna bring you back. I'm gonna take a break. I, actually, before we even get to the Infinity War, I do want to talk about Gal Gadot, and then into the Infinity War. Just I'm losing something. Again, my own experience in Twitter is one thing. Matter of fact, Ava DuVernay herself, who people think that I have a problem with, even she caught it. I didn't talk about it, but she, you know, she 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 was critiqued last week that the reason why this was incorrect. This is when you know this clickbait. The the reason why uh, A Wrinkle in Time didn't do well is because of racism. And yeah, that was, I saw that. That that's yeah. not what she said. That's not what she said. But someone right. took a tweet. Someone took a tweet because allegedly, as I've been saying, and Black has backed me up on this, 120 or this time out 240 characters is not enough to get context. But people, people have told me, we know what you mean. Oh, really? Oh, really? So Ava DuVernay, the same person that, that, that people misinterpreted me about, she caught that two-piece also. So... We're going to talk about it, but I find it interesting that what she had said was nowhere near racist. But some some uh, website took it, ran with it, and then they, they had this whole thing about her allegedly saying that the reason why a Wrinkle in Time isn't doing what, it, what it's supposed to be doing is of uh, racism. I, you know, I, <laughs> gentlemen, I don't know what to say about that. This is Twitter. Twitter is a hell of a drug, obviously. All right, listen, we're going to take a quick two minutes. We'll come back. We'll talk about uh, Gal Gadot catching it, and then we'll talk about the Infinity War trailer that was just released a few days ago. This is Childish Gambino, me and your mama. Two minutes. We'll be right back. Let's groove.
we're back. Childish Gambino, Donald Glover, me and your mama. I see a lot of folks are trying to go after uh, Prince Rogers Nelson's throne. So that's a difficult throne to try to try to attain. That's, that's just not going to happen. But I give him a an, an E for effort, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but I kind of I kind of dig what was going on there. But <laughs> that, 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 that's that's a that's a pretty rough road to try to to try to attain. Anyway, folks, this is the Grindhouse. We're back. I got um, our supporters in full effect. Um, let's talk about this deal with Gal Gadot. We're going to be brief about it, but it just disturbed me because of how Twitter gets down. Gal Gadot, Wonder Woman herself, she was sending out her condolences via tweet toward the late theoretical physicist. Um, why am I? I'm losing my goddamn memory, really. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> why can't, Stephen Definitely. Hawking. Okay, kick that. Stephen God. Hawking. Yeah, Stephen Hawking. Um. I, I thought the tweet was innocent. I thought the tweet was, hey, listen, you know, um, you're, we admire you for your intellect. I'm kind of paraphrasing. But she essentially made reference to him being able to uh, move out of his confinement. I mean, we know that he had Lou Gehrig's disease, that he was immobile for over 50 years. So to think that in death you have fr- full mobility – and I think she she didn't really say it, you know. She said it in a soft way. Everybody just went in and said, "You are an ableist." That he that he was he he was uh, he had no constraints when he was alive, so you can't say that. Is is that a bit much? Are we really? I mean, the poor woman. You know, she's just. Does it have to be always that deep? Even if you think she misspoke, even if you think that she misspoke, do you have to go in with a with a hatchet all the time. I don't get people, man. What are you, what are your thoughts, gentlemen? Let's go to Q Stormy. Am I am I looking at this wrong? Is she really an ableist? That that pissed me off. I'm so sick of everybody looking to be perpetually offended at everything. Uh that was ridiculous. He did have physical constraints. He obviously had physical constraints, but she's not suggesting that uh his mind was constrained. It was a sweet little heartfelt t- t- uh, tweet that Snowflake just got bent out of control. Ah, oh, I just I hate that. I mean, I try to be politically correct, but there's a l- common sense, people. Ah, oh, that I, that pissed me off. Let, let me read what she said verbatim, so we have you know we're, we're a little bit more correct here. She simply said, "Rest Thanks. in peace, Doctor Hawking. Now you're free of any physical constraints." Your brilliance and wisdom will be cherished forever. I mean, is it is that that controversial? No. Well, you know, to me, I, I had the same reaction when I saw the results of people trying to go after that uh, British talk show host. He he complimented the film, and then everybody went in on him. No, it's ridiculous. That's where, we, that's where we part ways. <laughs> yeah, see, you can't have. You trying to have that? You trying to have your uh, your cake and eat it too, man? And it doesn't work that way. How did you feel going to such an overwhelmingly black school, black? <laughs> yeah, you didn't, um, didn't quite say no, it that way. Hey, you know what? No, I have to. Was it was it Q Store Bison <laughs> who said that? Who who doesn't think it's 
Q-Storm. What the guy said was that bad. It's me, Q. Yeah, but, you know, I, I'm on your side. You know, I was like, it may be awkwardly phrased, but I understand what the guy was saying. And as I said before last time, this is the first all-black movie that, that, that Chadwick Boseman has been in. What of all-black film, all-black cast movie has he been in? Not not not, yeah, not forty two, not no, not uh, not Marshall. So okay. yeah, I guess it would be a different experience if you were on a movie that had an if you had been in all the previous movies he's been in, and now you're in a movie that has an all black cast. Yeah, that'd be kind of different. What is like that? I probably would ask him the same question. I don't know about that. I mean, I hear what you're saying. I mean, listen, I, I caught it. I mean, when I heard what he said, cause I was listening to the interview without expectation of it. I just happened to look at it. I said that's a little that's a little weird because look um, what makes a movie set I know a movie set has uh, you know there's a lot of components a lot of a lot of uh, parts to what makes a movie set interesting but it still works uh, Chadwick Boseman is a graduate of Howard University overwhelmingly overwhelmingly black he was he had some he was involved in some kind of teaching program at the Schomburg for a few years the Schomburg is a, is a black library. In Harlem, which is a black, which is a black city, so a black bor- a black part of the borough. So I- I'm a little, I mean, you know, we live black lives. We come from black neighborhoods. Yeah, but that, but yeah, but th- 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 personal life is one thing. When you're in Hollywood, the fantasy life, that's something else. So you know, you can't compare his experience in Howard to experiences he's been having in Hollywood. Uh, okay, Deeber, you you just quoted you read the you quoted Yagadot on her tweet. I want to quote him what he said. This is how he started the sentence. Chadwick, it is a remarkable film. Get out your feelings. No, wait, wait, wait. You, you wait, what, why don't you quote what he asked? How does well, it feel said, to be? What was it like? He said you walk in, He said you walk into the theater and you are confronted with the fact that it is an overwhelmingly black film. To me, he's saying something positive. It is an, I'll say the black person, it's an overwhelmingly black film. I love the fact that it's an overwhelmingly black film. I don't have a problem, and I'm not a sensitive Negro, where if a white person says it, oh, it means something else. It's the same thing that you always talk about when uh, your girl on The View. Oh, well, you can't say it, Barbara. Well, you, she can say it. Well, Whoopi says it's okay. But when you say it, Barbara, get, get out of here with okay, that. Okay, okay, listen, listen. Listen, you, 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 you literally are mixing apples and oranges because oh no, you know, that's I'm not. It. Well, you're talking about Sher- Sherry Shepard when uh, they yeah, were talking it's about the same foolishness. They, they were talking about um, the then governor's um, Rick, uh, what's his last name, who made the mistake about the Rick Perry. Rick, yeah, Rick, yeah, Rick Perry, who uh, had property and the property was famously called. Niggerhead Ranch. That was the name of his ranch. Right. Nigger Niggerhead Ranch. So it was a story. You know, he's, right. he's a Texan. He was running for president. And Barbara Walters, who is a veteran news person, was simply uttering the words of the story. Right. And she said what when 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 uh Whoopi Goldberg recited it, she didn't have a problem. When right. Walters recited it she had some kind of feeling like I don't like you saying that. I'm like, okay, right. you need to be, you need to be removed from this from the stage right now. 
and fire. Debert, so did you have a problem when Sergio, a black man, just said, it is an overwhelming black cast. What, what, other, what other cast has um, boy, uh, Chadwick been in that was so, that was so uh, majority black? He just said that. Did you have a problem with Wait. him saying it? Well, majority back and overwhelmingly black, overwhelmingly black, and this is oh, how. Well, no, no. Well, listen, we, we can we can discern some things. And sometimes we're doing people, syntax now. We're breaking down no, syntax well, now. Well, listen. Sometimes, listen. Sometimes, what what people say and how they say matters, and sometimes it doesn't. We can be, you know, we can be uh, discerning as you, you and I go back and forth about. I think in the case where someone kind of making it seem like it's an oddity to that degree. No, when you, that, that's when you. you when, that's you filtering no, that not, that way. No, 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 no. no for, for, Chet, for Bozeman, okay, 42, he was, for most of the movie, he's the only black guy in the whole film. You know, in, in Marshall, he's got a white partner, and he's dealing with white people, and you have all these white characters. And what other, other movies he's been in, like the Avengers movie, he's the only black guy in the movie. Black Panther was the first movie he's ever done. They had an all-black cast. The first one he's ever done. And so I, I would argue that must have been a, an unusual – you know, if I had interviewed him, I would have asked him the same exact question. I would have uh, said, hey, what's it like after all these old films you have been in, now you're in a film with an all-black cast? I, I, what's, what is that like? What's that feeling like? You know, okay, well, listen, to come on the set still, and everywhere is, you're still, surrounded by black people. You haven't had that experience before. Well, well, now there have well, been look. other actors who have. There have been well, other actors who have, but he hasn't yet. Look, I'm going to just mention this, then we're going to move along. But who you are, might, fairly or unfairly, who you are asking that question might be a little different than a white man asking that question the way that he asked it, and you, and also the way you were asking it, if you're going to be honest, the way you're asking it, you're not quite asking it the way he was. Now, let me go – now, this, this trended on Twitter, so it's not like I'm the, I'm the guy that just came up with this. this. This went viral because other people you – know, you know, listen, everybody – People going but, in on Gal Gadot. That went viral. People acting a fool with Gal Gadot. That went viral. doesn't make it legitimate. Well, look, let me read this, and then we'll move along. It says, Jeremy Vine described Black Panther as overwhelming, overwhelming black, and people aren't happy about it. Uh, BBC pres- presenter Jeremy Vine has come under fire from viewers of The One Show after he called the cast of Marvel's latest film, Black Panther, overwhelmingly black in what has to be one of the most awkward interviews ever. Speaking to Chadwick Boseman and his co-star, Denai Guerrera, sh- who plays Okoye on Friday's episode of The One Show, Jeremy said, Chadwick, it is a remarkable film. It's very different from the film that, you, that, that you're both in because you go in the cinema and it, it is overwhelmingly a black class. Okay, let me, let me, let me repeat that because it's, it's just awkward. He says, Chadwick, it is a remarkable film. It's very different, different the film that you're, you're both in because you go in the cinema and it's, it is overwhelmingly a black cast. So, uh, you know – you know, that's, that's I can't believe you I can't believe you're, you're I cannot believe you have a problem with that but you but you're championing Gal Gadot for what she no, said. No, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait it's a minute. So dis- no, come on. No, no, well, well one is, one's a tweet and one's like a straight up conversation. One, it's both language. Both of them are language one, though. No, no, one, no, one's a tweet uh, as far as a, it, one is a condolent 
tweet. Another is having a conversation. And in a conversation, when he, his, his lead-in is because you go in the cinema – and it is overwhelmingly a black cat. It wasn't now, his lead His lead was saying it's a fantastic film. No, wait a minute. That was the lead I'm, re- I'm, re- I'm, I'm looking at it. Let me, re- let me repeat yeah. it. He says, Chadwick, it is a remarkable film, comma. Right there. It's very. Full stop. It's, okay. Not, well, it's a comma. It's a pause. Wait. Chad, Chadwick, it's a, it's a remarkable film. It's very different, the film that you, you're both in, because you go in the cinema – and it's overwhelmingly a black cast. Now, when you put it that way, you go to the movies, and I see nothing but black people. That, wow. That's kind of what he's, well, that's what he's saying. Wow. That's what oh he's saying. Oh, my God. This doesn't sound like Afro to me, man. This doesn't sound like Afro to me. No, hold on. <laughs> and it says, and, it, and, and, and the article says, the silence in the studio before Chadwick spoke was, was what should really be described as overwhelming. Both Chadwick and Denai were visibly taken aback by Jeremy's phrasing, sharing an awkward look with one another. After pausing for what almost felt like an eternity, Chadwick gracefully responded with, yeah, I guess that is very striking. His witty response was met with an outbreak of laughter in the audience before he continued. It's weird because I'm used to it now, having been on this film for over a year with this family of people because we carried part of that cast into Infinity War. So it's sort of a normal thing. I don't go to work every day going, wow, I'm around all these black people. So, so what you know, you're saying we, is you, you, you're basing what the guy, what he, you're basing what he said on by the reaction of the audience. That's what you're telling me. The, audience, it's the reaction of the audience that determines, that defines what this man meant. No, it said, it, gave, it said the reaction of the two stars looking at each other. It was a reaction. It was a silence. It was an audience. And it was the guess. It was an awkwardly listen. Some, let's not let's not beat around a bush. Some white people are uncomfortable around black people, and they and they will tell you sometimes they don't know what to say because they're fearful of being offensive. And, and, and that awkward. Yes. Hey, we can we you can remember, agree or uh, You remember back in I'm going to say 2005, 2006, there was this documentary on I can't remember if it was PBS or not. It was a brilliant documentary. About this black, I want to say it was a black family that masqueraded as white, and a white family that masqueraded as black. That wasn't a documentary. And, <laughs> that, and, was, um, that was Ice Cube. That was Ice Cube. No. And and uh, there was a whole hullabaloo because the white woman referred to referred to a black woman that she thought was a very beautiful woman regally beautiful woman she referred to her and uh, she said beautiful creature and black people lost their minds when if you are an intelligent discerning negro you know that maybe beautiful creature is a poetic poetically licensing way to say someone who is beautiful but black people mm-hmm. lost their mind it's the same thing with the word niggardly we really got to stop this crap we look like fools arguing about this kind of stuff when it's clear the guy was complimenting the movie. And we see Negroes dancing because we finally got an overwhelming black film. But no, them edges, though. Them white, a white uh, guy can't say that. Well, it's well, insane. Well, well, uh, well Sergio, what do, you have, what do you have to say to what he's saying? Then we'll move forward. 
Well, look, I, I actually I don't remember the documentary. Um, I do agree. I do agree with him that that uh, it it, um, it it can it gets really ridiculous at times. You know, we become so super sensitive now that we can't the slightest thing with sense of, sense of off the wall. There are some things to be angry about, justifiably, and there are some things where you say, you know, I understand what the person is saying. Maybe didn't say it. Maybe they were a little clumsy about how they say it, but there was no malice involved in that compliment. Calling somebody a beautiful creature, uh, that's a kind of old-fashioned. I would argue that's a very old-fashioned way of calling exactly, somebody. Yeah. Nobody really says that anymore. But not malicious. But I, I think it's ridiculous to go off the end saying that, inferring that because she's black, she's a creature, therefore she's less than human. I don't think that's what the person meant, but um, yeah, I mean you have a point. Sometimes it does go; it, it gets ridiculous and it's over the top. And while we, while black people should be really upset about some real insults in their face, which we always we, we seem to get a pass to, that that really drives me up the wall. Like your girl, the girl who is forgiving the woman who poisoned her in yeah, the like, that, like her. Thank like you. Her. Get up. Get but mad like, at that. You know, <laughs> well, well, to be fair, and I don't know uh, how truthful it is, but what I've heard about that particular story was that she really wasn't there to forgive her, but she's kind of she was just kind of there because I think there's a civil proceedings or what have you. I, I don't I don't know if she was there. I think it's been misinterpreted that because she was actually there that she was there to give her support. Okay, you, don't go that. you can go you can go to the people who was in court who forgave Dylan Roof for killing their for killing their family members down in Charleston, South Carolina. They come to church and I forgive you. And I said, is it because there's sudden black people or is that a thing, you know? I wouldn't be forgiven of a man who goes into a church and kills black people because he hates black people. What kind of and to forgive him? What is? Are you insane? And his sister and his sister recently is co-signing on that same behavior. Exactly. By the way. Earlier this last week, his sister now is under arrest for God knows what she was planning to do. I think it was a knife or some school threatening thing. It was some. It was some crazy ish. You know, yeah, the, I wouldn't the put family, that, that crazy the, family. The belief, the belief they, that they, he they was may have, may have dodged a bullet in that one. God knows what you could have been, what you could have done. The belief that she, that he was really a lone person in his beliefs. That we're, we're led to believe that well, he was just some lone nut. His family didn't know what was going on. You know, his, sometimes these people do these things, and they and the media would give you the impression that they're they're by themselves. When 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 you really pull the veil back, oh no, the family's about that business. Clearly, the family's about that business. Anyway, let's, let's move forward. Let's get off of this deal with, uh, with interpretation. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of things. First, uh, we've got to talk about Spike Lee. We'll talk about Spike Lee and Cheo Coker in a moment. But let's talk about this Avengers Infinity War, Infinity War trailer. Extremely hyped up. Uh, I, I, I'm glad that this is the final trailer because we still really don't know what's going on with this film. This might be, this might be the, 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 the film that, in my estimation, we've seen – the least of, we really don't know what's going on, and I can go into the theater with not any really any real moments that I think I'm going to I'm going to have to, you know, reconvene on when I see the theater. I mean, it's one thing that you know we constantly see these movies, these trailers, and that was I think the death knell for some of the WB stuff. They were so nervous 
the studios. They just kept on showing you more and more and more. It's like, damn, you're telling me the movie. Why do I need to see the film? So in this case, Marvel, I think, is a little tighter, thankfully, with not really disclosing a lot of stuff where the, the audience can go in with a fresh, fresh mind and actually see the damn movie. So I, I know um, Sergio's not really into this thing, but I will say we <laughs> might. But we, but we, but we. It looks like we're going to be going back to Wakanda in some way. So that I think might interest you. So let, let me go to let me go to uh, Q Storm and then to to Sergio. So what are your thoughts about what you saw this latest and what we're told is the final trailer? The film comes out in a few weeks, so I'm hey, I'm hyped for it. But I do have con- some concerns, and I got called out on Facebook over this. God forbid, I should have concerns over sixty or however many characters being uh, crammed into a two and a half hour movie, and wondering if they're going to um, effectively weave them all into a cohesive narrative. God forbid, I should have concerns about that. But I am hype. Uh, I. I'm concerned also – well, I'm concerned about who's going to – I think people are going to get taken out. I think some people are going to get taken out. So I, I'm curious about that as well. But, yeah, I'm, I'm all in. I'm also wondering if, if you know, if there weren't any reshoots with Black Panther. So I hope we don't see any backlash if Black Panther is not seen at the forefront of this film. You know what I mean? I, I just don't want people to be, like, losing their minds. Oh, there they go. They didn't give Black Panther the, the what his due was or whatever because, you know, he he is the top earner for Marvel now, so I wonder if there's going to be a backlash over that if he's not given some shine, a lot more shine. Sergio, what are your thoughts? I mean, again, you're not really a, a fan of these kind of films, but you do like some of them when they fit your sensibilities. So, what are your thoughts? I have no idea. Uh, you know, I know <laughs> I'll see it. I know probably I will not figure out what the hell is going on. Um. The thing about if you have all these characters in one movie, how are you going to even – how are you going to fit them all into it? Some will get lesser shine than others. Um, as I suspect, there might be some reshoots of, be, simply because of the sets of Black Panther. They went back and said, let's add more to to uh, Zuri. Let's add some more stuff with um, with the Black Panther character. You know, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, you know, I'll see it, and I'm sure I'll be sitting in the theater. And also, how long is this movie going to be? If you That's have all these characters, and I'm sure for Marvel fans, it's not long enough. But for someone like me, I'm just like, I don't. How long is this movie going to be going so I can leave? I don't know. So you know, there are other movies coming out this summer. I'm more looking forward to. Um, we'll see. That's it. I'll see it. I'll just leave it to you guys to talk about it. You know everything that's going on. I'm trying to actually find out what the runtime is. Oh, okay. Two hours and 36 minutes. Yeah, I've got about two and a half hours. Six minutes? Yeah, okay. And, and, well, listen, you know, many of these films, I mean, it's pretty average. Um, Black Panther was two hours and 15 minutes. Ultron was 2.22. And the, uh, and the first Avengers was 2.23. So it's around 10, 13 minutes longer. Than the other iterations. I, I mean, will predict just... this. Uh, I'll predict this. I think it'll have the biggest opening of any movie this year, and it'll probably be the biggest grossing film worldwide 
of the year. I, I think that's I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah, and also uh, again um, the whole thing about who's going to be who's going to die in these films. I mean, I, I think the ones that don't have sequels coming, I think, are the ones that are going to be safe. I mean, I'm sorry, the ones that don't have sequels are the ones that are probably going to be out of here. The ones so goodbye, Cap. Goodbye, Iron Man, huh? And that might be the case, and also um, we've seen those characters die before in a, in, in, a, in a similar way. I mean, Captain America died in Civil War, died in quotes, and uh, Robert Downey, well, I'm sorry, Tony Stark, I think he was dead in this last iteration, and then I think he's back alive. I mean, there's even talk, like if you go by the comics, that Downey Jr. could come back as an A.I., because he's that, oh, you know, kind of. Well, that's oh, what's no. going on. Riri Williams is Iron Heart, you know, the, the young MIT uh, student. She's Iron Heart, and uh, there's an a, a, an astral image of Tony Stark. That's like, that's basically her AI. He be, he becomes, um, you know, uh, Jarvis. Which was still, which was still, which was still. You know, uh, I, will, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. I'm really looking forward to Ant Man and Wasp. When I saw that trailer, it looked like a whole lot of fun, and it looked like a film that, unlike the the the, the, the uh, adventure movies, which for some reason, like they take themselves very seriously. Um, the uh, Ant-Man, Ant-Man and Wasp is like, okay, let's have fun. This is stupid. Let's have a good time. And it looked like it was going. It looks like it's going to be very funny, entertaining. And I said, I really would like to see that. You know, Avengers, not so much. I'm just curious. Yeah. Does, does, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm just gonna ask. Does Marvel have some sort of? Uh... Affirmative action program with MIT because we saw Killmonger went to MIT, Riri's going to MIT. Who else is going to MIT? That's a good question. Um, you know what? Well, those are, those two those are the ones that just were mentioned. But I mean, listen, it's a cool thing to see that uh, you know, especially in the Marvel world, they put a high, you know, they, they put high priority on education. You know, the the nerd thing is very deep in comic book mythology like it's almost it's it's almost a superpower well dc does that too there's well, always talk you should, about, be, you should be repping for hampton though dude hampton well, yeah, howard I, morehouse well listen that's true i i but i i haven't yet to see listen i think i've even mentioned that one time with some of the black characters they should do that um uh was something i i thought i even discussed it on one on a past show it was one character that was um one black character, maybe it was Mosaic or something. One of the recent, one of the more recent black characters that came from a uh, scholastic and athletic background. I thought they could have used Grambling, and hmm. you know, someone like argued with me about that. But yeah, if, if there's a way, I mean, that's one of the re- one of the things that I I am a stickler for when it comes down to these properties that are created by white white men and women. And we can, you know, we can applaud them for having, you know, the foresight. I mean, it's not, I'm not going to hate on Jack Kirby and Stan Lee for creating Black Panther. But, you know, once you come up with the idea, you may want a black person to steer the ship. 
to put in some to pepper some of these things to give some authenticity to uh-huh. a you know to a character. If I came up with a Jewish character tomorrow, I would be as um, respectful. I would be as respectful, and I would try to be as authentic as as I could be. But I would want a Jewish man or woman to come in after me to pepper in some Jewish culture to make that character actually, you know, ring to be more authentic. Makes sense. Um, when I, can I just add one other thing? And I've mentioned this before. The other summer film I'm really looking forward to is Mission Impossible. Uh, there hasn't really, really been a bad one so far of the five they've done. And I just love the idea that they go back old school. They do real stunts. I mean, that was really Tom Cruise hanging on a plane going up 20,000 feet in the air. But you know, the only it, difference between a Mission Impossible movie and a comic book movie is the guy's not in a costume. Seriously? Yeah, but, but it's still real stunts. They don't rely that heavily on CGI stuff. You know, I there's a, there are a bunch of videos that are out which they're showing how they're doing a lot of the stunts for this new movie. And it's like there's a lot of crazy helicopter stuff that he's really doing with the IMAX cameras. There are stunt scenes that he's really doing. I love see that's the stuff I love. That's what I grew up with. I mean, watching people doing real stunts, not a lot of CGI stuff. Where I, it's always in the back of my mind. I said, "Well, yeah, that's the person in front of a green screen, and they're not really like risking their life. <laughs> you know, they're not really like trying. They didn't. You know, it's like you know they're never going to be hurt. Well, um, look, let, let's, let's, and that you, fascinates you, me. Well, let, let's be more correct on that. Is that the actor is not risking their lives? Um, I think with uh, Deadpool, the stunt woman. For Zazie Beats died. Oh so, right, like, yeah, so that's right. Not, You're right, right. So, so we're, it ain't like this stuff. You know, the, the actors. You know, there's too much of an insurance policy on them. Now, from my understanding, Tom Cruise tries to at least that's what they put out there. That's what the that's what the uh, the publicists put out there. Who knows how truthful any of this crap is? But you know, he's this man's man, and he does his own stunts, and he he injures himself, and he has to be told that he can't do this and that. I mean, I don't know what's going on. Uh, you know, the more you talk about this, the more it makes me think. Since we're in this in this space where we, we want to see uh, black and brown and all these other people doing things that they're not normally seen doing, I would like to see a a, a black spy thriller. You know, one thing to see I a black Afro. There's one thing to see black Afrofuturism, but have have we seen? Um, let's see. What what was the what was the uh, um, Sergio? You would you would know this. What was the series from England with that Michael Caine did? Um, yeah, Harry he Palmer. Was, yes, Harry. That's that's his look is referenced in in uh, oh, what's the thing that came out? The, the that's a comic book spy thing. It's been two two movies so far. Q Kingsman. Um, Kingsman. Yeah. That, the Kingsman, the Harry Palmer, Michael Caine series from the '60s is like a thinking man's um, James Bond. Right, his look, you know, his unassuming, respectable look, is definitely. That's why Michael Caine was in the movie, by the way. Michael Caine was in the movie because he was kind of channeling that Harry Palmer thing. Where's the black Harry Palmer? I would love to see that. I would absolutely love to see that. I would love to see a black spy thriller. I would love to see black film noir. I would really love to see a black detective movie. I like to see several of them. 
They did try to do that on TV with your girl Gugu and I forget the uh Oh the no, German not that guy. They ain't gonna work. No, Boris not with Kojo. I know that show you were yeah. talking about. That but I'm just saying you had you had your black spy and we didn't support it. It's gone. <laughs> no, well, you know, like I was saying, you had two biracial people. You put them together in one movie, you got one black person. Oh, Come stop. On. But <laughs> Come on. Are we going to do that? Listen, I I saw two black I saw two black people on the screen. You, now you you're going to be the one with the sentence. And there, there's a sentence. I, I shout out to Brandon Rucker. Brandon Rucker sent a tweet to us. And this is interesting. It's, we'll talk about it on Wednesday. But they're saying that the 2020 census is going to ask black people more ask for more specificity about their origins. So that's wow. going to be very different. Yeah, well, that's going to be I don't know what to think about that. It's going oh, to that's easy to... for me. That's easy for me. I'm a thousand percent Nigerian. Okay. That's well, it. You, what? Okay. You just you just you just saying that, Sergio, <laughs> Sergio. Okay. What it says it says here. I'm, I'm gonna, this is very interesting. I'm glad that he sent this to me. But they're going to allow you know like whether you're Jamaican, Nigerian, and they're going to go into it. Now we we can through science. Determine some of this. Something that that I I've been meaning to do. I mean, I I would like to know more about my origins. I mean, at one time we really didn't have that science, and because of the experience, you know, it's very difficult. But now, you know, uh, they can tell you what's going on at least on a genetic level or come close to it. So, but they're they're giving they're making allowances for that. But anyway, I would want to see a a black spy thriller, um, you know, with black cultural spy thriller. I mean, something different. I mean, completely different. Well, like I said before, that goes back to what I've always been talking about. I want to see, hopefully with success, a Black Panther and Get Out and and even Moonlight and even uh, uh, hidden, hidden Figures. I want to see more and different Black films. I want to see Black spy thrillers, Black detective movies, Black westerns, Black this, Black that, more Black horror films. You know, I want to see the whole range, not just stupid rom-coms. Well, you know, look. And, the, and the stupid cool, comedies, the, like well, Uncle Drew. Well, look, that's, it, we, we rail about this stuff every day, and someone told me, shut your uh, respectability black ass down. Yeah, well, you know, I told him to read Franz Fanon, and then all of a sudden he shuts up. Well, yeah, well, you know, I mean, I mean, you know, we can't. I mean, listen, there's a set of folks that are just about this stuff, but um, I will say, with what you're asking for, I mean, there's a lot of stories that you two know, a lot of stories. Even even if we go into some of these, like the slave stuff, even if we go into the slave stuff, there's some really interesting stories that could be told that are not tropey. Um, and so, a matter of fact, even with the hidden figure story, there is a, another kind of derivative of that some some gentleman um he's a legit guy uh white guy by the way white gentleman um who follows us he sent me a tweet because this gentleman i believe is a professor of cryptology and he sends me a tweet about um a a lesser known group of government workers just like you had these government employees uh, through NASA that we know famously for hidden figures, back in the 40s during World War, World War II, you had black cryptologists, male and female. There's pictures of, you know, I know mm-hmm. these, those folks don't want to see them, 
But these, you know, wearing suits, very well coiffed, you know, the Afro nerd, Sergio, uh, Q-Storm type Negroes and Negrettes that were crunching numbers and, and de- decoding, which is a certain type of cogitation, that, that could be hidden figures too, 1940, 1940 style. I would want to know about that story. What was that like? You know, they're, it's like they're in an office building. I mean, they're black folks in the 40s in an office building being used to decode uh, encrypted messages from the, the Third Reich. What is that? What is that? We don't even hear stuff like we even don't, we, I thought we were stupid. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you, could, so you, you, know, you and your respect, respectability politics. Yes. I mean, you know, um, Catherine Johnson was was the was the, the 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 egghead, and I say that as a cute way. That the reason why we're able to make it to the moon. A black woman. We're gonna keep it one hundred. Black women, but black women specifically, but black women. Well, don't make the movie, and I'm sure I'll be one of a handful of black people in the audience watching it. Well, listen, girl. No, you Fritz, see, you should know. You see, saying saying that is self defeated. Saying that you you in a handful. Self defeated is true. You know what I'm for? <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, I got into. I, I'm sure I'd relate this story. I got into an argument with a quote unquote black historian about not wanting to go see movies that depicted us as being oppressed and tra- traumatized. <laughs> like we, we, we okay. live that today. <laughs> Yeah, okay, fine. You know, it's like, okay, and then, like I said, uh, oh, don't forget you, uh, uh, Barry Jenkins' If Beale Street Could Talk coming out this fall, which I cannot wait for. Um, it's Look, yes, there's always going to be an audience for a certain type of black movie, always. My question is, is that audience decreasing? I would argue as... People get younger as the film-going audience gets younger, and they're not going so much to the movies but exploring stuff on Netflix and everything else. I argue that the younger audience really want to see different stuff. Older people may be stuck in their ways. But I think a young, I think younger black audiences are looking for different things. I think it's the younger audience that really drove the success of Black Panther. Because well, look, everywhere you go, you hear black people talking about I'd never younger black people I'd never seen this before. Well, in the seventies or something like that, you have seen movies that had that same impact. But these kids are so young, they don't know that. So Black Panther to them is brand new. I will say this, Sergio though. I I went to see it for a fourth time this weekend. Uh-huh. My son my son dragged me to it. He wanted to take his friend. Uh-huh. There were, I mean, there were a lot of white folks in the audience, and uh, the, uh, the, a couple of families in the row that we sat in. I heard the kids talking about, "Oh, I want to get me a Black Panther T-shirt. That's I want to get me a Black Panther." You know, so uh, hey, just like I mean, Obama. First of all, as I said before, a movie doesn't make that kind of money unless it attracts everybody. Well, that's what I'm saying. Well, look, that's my point. Okay, you know, and number two, number two, it shows that black films sell. Black people. I mean, sorry. Non-black people would go see a black movie, uh, particularly a black movie in which the basic premise is something they can identify with. They'll go see it. Why is this film the se- why is South Korea the second biggest market for Black Panther 
outside uh, outside of the United States. Why is uh, why is France number four? Why is it doing so well in Russia? You know, actually, a wrinkle in time open in Russia over the weekend. It did pretty well. So you know, it's 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 not. It's because people see something in it that says I can relate to this. Well, look, a couple of things, and then I want to talk about Spike Lee doing a uh, potentially a superhero movie. Um, you know, listen, this is Disney and Marvel magic now. Let's not get it twisted. This is this is a Marvel black film that has something to do. Now, if it is able to extend beyond this, where we where we can start to push these other things going on, uh, if it will take. And listen, we can hope that other audiences are able to imbibe in this and not make it a big deal and it becomes and normalized and it becomes normalized that's one thing but the other thing is we're fighting our own we're fighting uh, we're fighting nignogs that it will tell talk about respectability policies i mean they, they are comfortable with girl trip girl trip and tiffany the tiffany haddish story and the cardi b story is a win to them just like yeah, this but, is a win they, they want to conflate this stuff i don't want yeah, no, i don't no, want but, that but, to be I don't want there to be any confusion between Black Panther and Girl Trip. No, but but once again, Hidden Figures grossed a lot more money than Girl's Trip, and and Girl's Trip only really played in in the UK. Girl's Trip, I'm sorry, Hidden Hidden Figures played throughout Europe into Australia. It was a hit in Germany. It was a hit in France. It, it did ex, uh, did extremely well in Australia, right? I mean, and and a movie like Moonlight grossed more money in Europe than it did in the United States. Is it doing Black Panther numbers? No. Of course, no film does, except another Marvel movie. But well, the quickly, fact is that they make money overseas. Well, real quick, we got about four minutes remaining, so I want to get this in there. But I, I must say that I, I, I think I, I think it's pretty well understood. I don't think it's a, everything has to be Black Panther money. Just so it's successful. If we if we're yeah. able to do enough if we're able to do enough movies that are distinctive that don't follow into a trope, and they make money, that's the end of the conversation. Black Panther is just icing on the cake, but it's not necessary for these movies to do. I mean, that's just, I mean, listen, white movies aren't doing Black Panther money, so it's not even about that. It's just like let's make these black movies that don't make us look like shines, that make money, and we can start to disseminate different ways for black people to be perceived. That's my agenda. Quickly, um, I'm hearing that Shayo Hadari Coker, that we know from Luke Cage, the the showrunner for Luke Cage, and of course we know Spike Lee, Brooklyn's own Spike Lee. These two are getting getting together for another Marvel Sony thing. Now, for people who may or may not know. You know, Sony, Sony Marvel is not the MCU. Uh, Amy Pascal, you know, the, the executive Amy Pascal would want you to believe that's the case. But that's not what's going on. So now we're hearing that Nightwatch, and I know this is above Sergio's head, and it's a little bit above my head, but I'm vaguely familiar with the character. Nightwatch is yet another kind of one-off. It's a Marvel superhero, a black superhero, and it's kind of sort of a spawn analog. You know, that's one thing that you may learn, uh, Sergio, is that Mar- you know, Marvel and DC, that whole rivalry is reality. It's a real thing. If Marvel comes up with a popular character, you're going to believe that DC is going, to co- is going to come in with some version of their own. So in this case, uh, Spawn came first, I believe. 
Spawn was first, and then Nightwatch is kind of the same sort of character, but it's the Marvel comic version of it. Actually, it's an image. I should be I should be more respectful. Image Comics came up with Spawn. Marvel came up with Nightwatch, and now we're hearing Spike Lee is connected to this thing. So quickly, uh, Q, what are your thoughts about Spike Lee doing a superhero movie? Um, well, if anything, I'm going to prove that I have no gender agenda. I don't know <laughs> if he's qualified to do a superhero well, movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Gosh, you're gonna confuse you're gonna confuse them on that one. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see, just like it was interesting to see how Ava was gonna handle Wrinkle in Time. I got my answer. It'll be interesting to see Spike going to this this genre, which we wouldn't expect him to do so. But I don't think he's I don't think he's the man to direct a superhero film. But, but I'm gonna mess you up though. Shayo Hadari Coker does. He's there. Those two masterminds together might come up with something. Now, right now, now, your friend got on me, and some woman came in and said, who, who, he, he, she accepted his cape and said, thank you, because I'm the bad guy. I, I had asked that maybe she might need a consultant. Now, Spike Lee has Cheo Hodari as a partner slash consultant. But I don't know what I'm talking about. With this stuff, these <laughs> fantasy properties are so, are so beloved, even the ones we don't even know. This world, people want these these things to be done right. You can't get away with Joe Schumacher stuff now. Twenty years later, you really can't. You just can't. So uh, if uh, Lee, Spike Lee has certain sensibilities, uh, if he gets out of his own way, I, I loved Inside Man, uh, and of course other stuff. But you know, I think Coker and Lee that combo. Intrigues me. I well, just don't, here, here's I don't know. the thing about Spike Lee. No, here's the thing about Spike Lee. You just mentioned Inside Man. Spike Lee is at his best when he has a strong producer sitting on him. That's always been thing. Look at his best movies. It, when he has a strong producer, like Inside Man with Brian uh, Brian Glazier in Imagine Entertainment. They they curb his worst influences. Now, when he Spike Lee's on his own. Then you get stuff like Miracle of St. Anna. You get, you know, uh, you know, the blood of Jesus. Oh. You get Shy Town. I mean, Shy Rack. You know, he's off the map. Now, this guy you're referring to, since he really knows that property, and since I'm expecting him to be strong, perhaps Spike Lee can do it. Once again, as I mentioned about Ava DuVernay, I, I've never seen anything Spike has said, which shows me that he's a comic book reader or follower. I haven't. You know, uh, he's, he's spoken about everything else under the planet. So I, you think he would have said something about this. Uh, so the jury is still out. Wait. But, you know, it depends on who the producer is and how strong that producer is to keep Spike Lee on track. Well, you know, I, listen, I'm going to do a little bit of research. I mean, I thought Spike Lee said something a little bit kind of cross about superheroes. So I, I, I know I just, I just kind of, I kind of sort of thought, you know, listen, he, he's kind of a, a nerdy guy, but he's very much a sports head. So, yeah. you know, a sports, a sports movie would be more in his purview. But uh, I thought he really wasn't the guy, the kind of person that, that took a shine to this kind of stuff. However, yeah, exactly. it must be. 
however, it must be noted. I don't know if it was if it was just a one off because I played the cold the, the cold opening. That in Do the Right Thing, one of the characters makes a reference to the Black Panther. That one of the char- I think it was uh, a young Martin Lawrence. I think it was him that he was holding a Black Panther comic book when the Gene Carlo Esposito character was going around asking for people to boycott boycott sows. And he and he said something like, "F you, I grew, <laughs> I grew up on South Pizza, and if, if, if I'm not going to boycott it, and Black Panther's not going to boycott it." Now that was done 30 years ago, and he referenced a, a little side. Now that's kind of like a Tar- unless Tarantino. I don't know if he was friends with Tarantino then, but Tarantino has been known to do stuff like that. Tarantino, we know, is a comic book head. So in many of his films, he will make references to comic book, comic book mythology. But that's the first time I saw Spike Lee do it. So I, I don't know. I've got to confirm that. But I, I'm a little intrigued with these two together doing a black superhero movie. It, it, it might be. I just wish it was connected to MCU. And 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 actually, you know, it, they might they might make some kind of some kind of half-ass connection. They they we'll might. See. We'll see. You know, we're already past the, we'll the, the podcast time. We're already past the podcast time. Um, I'm going to mention one thing, and then we'll sh- we'll shut it down, gentlemen. You know, uh, there's this thing going on now about Netflix being kind of like the the new straight to video format. Um, Annihilation was released, I think, in the United States uh, in theaters, but overseas it's on Netflix, and I think it's a Netflix property to begin with. So some some folks in the industry, because we no longer really have video stores anymore, Netflix is the video store, that when films don't necessarily work out or they feel like they want to dump the film midway, instead of going straight to video, it goes straight to Netflix to save face, that that may be the new normal. Sergio, you're, you, again, again, you're into this world. Is this a good thing, bad thing, or is this part, part of what's happening? What, what is that, and why is that? Well, there have been several articles. I just read one the other day about Netflix is spending all this money, but what are they getting for it? Um, it it's, it's possible it's going to end that way. Um, this, uh, one of the big clues was that at Sundance, Back in January, Netflix didn't buy anything. Uh, now, the year before, they were buying up so much stuff like crazy. Same with Amazon Studios. This year, everybody else is buying stuff. It was like the oldies with Lionsgate and Neon Pictures and A24, which picked up the um, – immediately they picked up the Sorry to Bother You um, – and, and actually, Neon and, and A24 and Lionsgate, they were buying up all the black movies that were there uh, with Netflix. Uh, it may be that Netflix is seeing that, you know, it's not paying off like it should. And maybe they're going to concentrate more on just, like, original, like, series programming. Um, you know, it was perhaps inevitable. You know, I... You know, I've seen some Netflix movies, and some of them were okay. Some of them were entertaining, but none of them I thought was anything that, with the exception of Mudbound, with the exception of Mudbound, uh, there is nothing they made I've seen that, say, I would have paid the money to see money on the big screen. It all was pretty much 
small-scale stuff that would have fit perfectly for television or direct-to-video. So um, I don't know where they're going to be by this time next year, but um, – and, and also the announcement that they were going to release 80 movies this year. That's crazy. Um, that's probably not going to happen. Uh, if you're releasing so many movies in a year, who's watching them? Who's watching any of this stuff, Sergio? Right. That's just what, there's too that's mu- one. There's, there's too much. There's too much stuff on television. Yeah. Uh, or, or, or I should say television or cable or available for you know streaming. Other streaming stuff. You know, there's not enough times in the day to see this stuff. Or other stre- I can or only other pick stre- and choose what I really want to see. Or other streaming services. I mean, it's not you know right. Netflix is, is the only thing in only game in town. Serge, that's it. Uh, Two Stones already left. We'll do it again on Wednesday. Wednesday's going to be another hot show. More to discuss. As always, appreciate you uh, coming through. Going out on Despite the Weather by K. Tornado Wednesday, folks. Thanks, Sergio. Wednesday at 7 p.m. It's been real. As always. Not as new as well. I am a bonus.